Hey, and welcome to the Peripheral Views podcast. Uh, welcome back, listeners, to the tenth episode, Big One uh, O, for Errol and I. This is uh, the Peripheral Views podcast. I'm host Jake. My co-host is Errol. Errol, what's going on tonight, my friend? You know, as always, just glad to be here. Happy, happy to be here. Happy to, to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. Big, big episode. Um, Tonight, we're talking about Lupe Fiasco's The Cool. Um, huge, huge album for Errol and I. Uh, we've probably been looking forward to talking about this album. It's been in the making for basically 10 years at this point. Um, yeah, technically. It's, yeah, it's been something we've, uh, we've, you know, we've discussed previously when we were actually, you know, teenagers. But like now we're, uh, we're looking to do a deeper dive on it and introduce it to the podcast. This is number two in the music series. Um, we previously talked about in our music series the Marty Robbins album, um, and that was a that was a great great episode. Um, I really enjoyed doing that one, and I like the way that we constructed it. We're going to be constructing this one quite similarly, um, and we'll be basically doing a uh, track for track breakdown. So that's how this one's going to go. But in the meantime, let's do a little bit of housekeeping, kick the podcast off. We're Peripheral Views. Uh, we are um, on Twitter at PeripheralView123. Um, check us out also on SoundCloud.com forward slash PeripheralViews123. Um, if you happen to stumble upon us in the Twitter sphere or on SoundCloud um, organically, you can also be found on the Apple Podcasts um, and Spotify. Just throw us in the search bar if you happen to listen to us there. Please subscribe. Hit the notification bell and don't forget to leave us a rating and review. That helps us in the internet sphere as well. Um, those are the tidbits where we're at. In terms of our development for the podcast, we've got some plans in the works. Errol and I were just actually ironing out some of the details of where we're headed. Uh, we mentioned in the previous podcast, um, which we're going to talk about a little bit before we get started tonight. We are going to take a little bit of a short uh I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a hiatus, but um, just a short break of a matter of a few weeks. We're going to do some uh, development work on the podcast, largely speaking, just to get um, some social media aspects of the podcast developed, like fully developed, um, get a real presence online that's a little bit more involved. This is going to include a couple of different things, including um, an Instagram page and in all likelihood a Facebook group. Um, we're going to try to develop an idea to do some more posting on Twitter, um, or X, whatever it's referred to as now. Um, and probably even get on TikTok. We'll see about the TikTok thing. I'm, I'm wondering how I'm going to, we're both on the fence about the TikTok. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I, I have no problem with being on TikTok, but it's a matter of like making it work for an audio podcast. So we'll, we'll see what we can do with that and that, and that avenue but we're definitely one of the big ones we're definitely going to be on is uh you'll be able to find us on youtube um that's coming down the pike um probably first and foremost and then uh even even maybe even more ahead of that is our website will be completed and ready for launch by the time we come back we have a target date of somewhere in the middle of september it's basically going to be somewhere between september 8th and september 10th uh, we'll be returning with the podcast, um, probably our fourth installment in the film series. And when we do come back, we have a special project that we're working on um, that will be announced for um, for the future and the episode to follow that one. So 
that's where we're at with the podcast. It's uh, going to be a little short, a short while before we're back, but we're going to be working hard all the way through. So just have to bear with us for a handful of weeks. And when we come back, we will be back as strong as ever. Um, let's do a quick recap just before we get rolling on Lupe Fiasco is cool. Um, we talked, uh, we talked Oppenheimer briefly in our previous, uh, previous episode. It was just basically a, a an opportunity to kind of discuss the uh, discuss the film. I know it's like a huge sensation across the country and basically has been for like a month now. Um, Errol, what did you think? How do we, how do we do on that largely? Um, I know we, we didn't really do a deep dive, but do you think we any, any important things that we could include now that we, we might've missed? Um, no, I don't believe so. I think the, uh, the important thing that we did was just to take the time out just to, to kind of squeeze it in uh, kind of uh, abruptly. Um, I would like, uh, I we're, I believe we're planning on doing like a deep dive, like an actual one, but for sure. For sure. Um, is there like anything that we like missed? I always say this. Nah, nothing that I'm not willing to go over some other time. Yeah. We're going to like, just being that it's like a massive film, we're probably going to, we're probably going to do a, a, a big ass podcast on that one at some point down the stretch um when that when that's gonna be is like i don't know it was so good it's like um we haven't really done a whole lot of films and obviously the fact that we've only done three and um you know a a forthcoming film in that series like there's just like (laughs) there's just a million movies to talk about um so yeah and like for oppenheimer like i i would genuinely like to uh do like a deeper dive into it like i i brought a uh i brought a notebook and a pencil to like take notes during that the whole time and it's it's really hard to <laughs> do that in the dark you're officially a podcaster <laughs> no it didn't i'm telling you it won't work you can try to do it unless you can write offhand like it is man there is no light i was like this is a well, it's not even that. it's more so like the film's fault too because the film's just like that engaging well no i just literally couldn't see like on the paper yeah well i'll tell you like like i think i actually like told the story but like um when my wife and i went to try to go see the film like we got there a few minutes late and like then we bailed because like i'm just a prick and like (laughs) just like refuse to watch a film not in total completion so like uh we walked in in like the middle of like a dialogue scene and it was like the first like few minutes of that movie are like genuinely very dark couldn't couldn't find a seat in the house couldn't see where we were going so like about taking notes Mm. but uh no it was it was a great film and there's like a million I mean, there's just a million things to say about it. There's just so much. Um, it's it's obviously like there's so much to say about the film, and then obviously there's even more to say about like what the film's about. So that's gonna be due for a, a genuine like deep dive down the stretch. I would say probably end of the year, maybe Q1 uh 2024, we can work that film in. We'll circle back to it. But in the meantime, if you're looking to hear our initial thoughts on it, like we've got that. I mean, we we did an hour and a half on it. It's not like we, you know. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. But yeah, no, we'll definitely, we'll definitely come back, back and examine the fallout. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. I heard you drop that that sneaky bomb in there. I tried to just sneak it on by. Couldn't couldn't get past me. Mm. Uh, no, but it's a well. Look, think about that for a second. I mean, we just we did an hour and a half on a film as like an initial thought, an initial reception podcast like imagine if we just actually open floodgates on it um there's gonna be that's that's just like four hours waiting to go but uh a great film and uh 
really kicking off like probably the peak of the year so far for films um so a lot of a lot of stuff coming out too in the meantime so we'll 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 definitely be circling back to it at some point in the uh, somewhat near future so just bear with us on that one but uh, if you are interested in our initial thoughts please jump back to the uh, previous podcast that was our ninth episode it was a special edition of the peripheral views podcast on oppenheimer um just to get our initial thoughts on the film um so that is about it for the housekeeping um let's talk a little bit about what we're talking about today let's dive a little bit into the uh the not quite the exact content but let's talk about the artist so today we are talking about lupe fiasco's the cool um I actually like uh, speaking of which I, I wanted to mention this to you. Like I, I almost wish he didn't um, Lupe Fiasco did not title the album Lupe Fiasco is the cool because it, <laughs> when you're introducing the film in like a format like this, we end up like uh, it becomes a little redundant. Oh, like peripheral view presents Lupe Fiasco's the cool. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> Lupe, because that's how it should sound, but like the actual album is genuinely titled Lupe Fiasco is the Cool by Lupe Fiasco. So, like, it's, uh, it, I mean, I, I can be, we're going to probably just refer to it as the Well, cool. no, no. So, well, yeah, no, we can absolutely do that. But I believe he uh, presented it as like Lupe Fiasco's The Cool because it's a, uh, it's like a play. The whole thing's like a, it's a story. It's the, the it's life of. Yeah, it's the the whole thing's the life of Michael Young history, which is uh, I guess that that does work, and it does. It's not quite as um, redundant. I mean, it's only redundant in the introductory sense, so it's not really like uh, problematic uh, as a title. But um, I just it's just it's just very awkward to introduce it um, twice. Lupe Fiasco is a cool by Lupe Fiasco, but nonetheless we'll just refer to it as the cool going forward just for just to avoid any confusion i think that that's what it's like it's just yeah the cool yeah i I mean that's what that's that's what he's going for i mean it's basically a follow um but uh it's a follow-up to a song from food and liquor which is uh his first album so um but let's talk about lupe just a little bit and where he comes from uh lupe fiasco from chicago uh from chicago illinois you could call him i mean he's a, obviously a songwriter for sure and in, in the most uh the most unbelievable sense in, in the most talented sense um but uh he let's tell a little bit about his backstory um his uh, full name is wazalu muhammad J- uh jaco jaco um i'm not sure how which way it's pronounced but uh he's of west african descent one of nine children um, his father was a member of the Black Panther uh, Party, was a prolific African drummer, karate teacher, operating plant engineer, and owner of karate schools and army surplus stores in Chicago. Um, Lupe was uh, raised Muslim on the west side of Chicago on Madison Terrace housing project. Um, he He's taken martial arts, which is um, very evident. You'll hear a lot of that in his lyricism, uh, along with many other things. Um, he has, he described his father's influence over the family by saying after school, my father, uh, quote, I'm sorry, after school, my father would come and get us and take us out into the world. One day we were listening to NWA. The next day we're listening to Ravi Shankar. Uh, the next day he's teaching us how to shoot an AK. The next day we're at karate class. The next day we're in Chinatown. So like, uh, you get this sense that like, um, just hearing his backstory a little bit that like, he's just, 
he and this is clearly the influence of his father and and his father's um shadowing over this album is very evident as well but like this dude is like very multicultured oh yeah like he has uh and, and he his lyricism obviously is like extremely impressive his his writing is extremely impressive and i mean that's putting it quite lightly but uh he's his refer his referential ability is it, it crosses there's no domain in which he doesn't happen. i see that is the thing uh that's the reason why i think he has so many like true fans like there's not like i don't think he's on everyone's radar but the people who know about him they're like he's one of the greatest lyricists lyricists of all time because you will find a reference to something like I don't like you could be you could act uh, it's it's multi-generational it's multicultural um it's uh it's multilinguistic at times it's um another good thing he what is he it's a, a there's a lot of different intellectual levels to it as well yeah and it's um, like but he's also here's here's I'm gonna lay out my like initial in, impressions of of Lupe um, just as I like um, from from my perspective now as an adult. So a little bit of backstory: Errol and I at, in high school, and uh, you know, along with a few of our other friends in high school, like this was our guy. Like this was this was this was our artist. To, to like he just spoke to us clearly in a very obvious way, and it's not to be you know, it's not to insinuate that like just because he's like multi-layered and very like complex and intellectual in his writing that like oh well we're just so smart that like he he spoke to us it's more so that like he's just challenging in that way and i think yeah. i think us as teenagers when we really were introduced to him and it's, it's just it speaks to this like how much time has gone by um like well there's um as any like typical like teenager like you know camaraderie or like uh you know, just a uh, like rabble rousing. Um, everyone's like, "Oh, I know this artist. This person is the like the best artist. They're the best like rapper. This is the best band." Like, oh, you think you know stuff? Like, it, there's always like, um, oh, like have you exactly? Um, and then like when you you end up coming to a ceiling where there is like a couple people who are technically just on like levels above what you know, the competition is doing and um, it's a, uh, this is just, he's one of those artists where once you peel back one layer, you're like, wait, what's, there has to be more to this. He didn't do that on accident. And then when it comes down to it, like the subtext of a lot of this stuff is, is like infathomable, infathomably like deep at times. It is like, like scary deep uh to the point of um like more than like self-reflection and stuff like that like so like you can like relate to it but then there is like so much references to uh to like literally like life and everything to where he he has me i'm like how deep are you feeling like life i was like oh my god like this is you're suffering yeah i was like this is crazy i'm not kidding and like specifically this album the cool like really makes you feel that in a lot of ways well i'll actually say this um 
So I, I'm going to dive right in because like at this point we're, we're already kind of like working our way back towards the cool as an album because we're talking about his backstory and I want to tie it into like the story of the album. So like um, there's like a darkness that shadows over this album and like we're going to get into like all of that complexity. But like I almost it's very strange because as dark as the album gets and the reasons why it's dark, uh, specifically like the death of his father, um the reasons for which it's it's dark are very obvious and like and and that he's willing to go into like some of the darkest territory lyrically first of all it wasn't new because if you listen to food and liquor the the his um debut album he goes just as dark even though that's not considered as dark an album i guess maybe not just as dark maybe that's a, a little bit hyperbolic but he definitely still he's still willing to go there even in his debut album which is like okay you're a fucking bold artist right like you're mm-hmm. you're entering the world of like mainstream hip-hop because by the way um and obviously we're not going to talk so much about this stuff now but like we could do multiple um podcast episodes on just like the mixtapes right like the mixtapes before the studio albums like that is a world of lyricism and there's there's just so much material there to discuss just on its own. But the boldness to take some of what he was um, conveying in those mixtapes that was like, you know, you're making mixtapes. I'm sure it costs money and it costs time to produce mixtapes. However, there's not an intention to like appeal to a record producer, right? Like you don't, you're not really looking to develop your own label. I mean, it might be an aspiration, but not with the mixtapes. The mixtapes are strictly like artistic. You're trying to display yeah, just something you like to do. Right. You're just trying to display what, where your skill level's at and like where your writing's at. And like if you've got a song idea, you compile it with an instrument with an instrumental. And like that's what you get. And like he took those mixtapes so seriously, but then he translated it into his debut album and then even further into the cool. And the cool offers like this darkness but like the darkness that you hear in the cool can also be replicated in some of the lyrical content in food and liquor and on top of it there's just a point i heard and this is the original point i was trying to get to and i apologize for the bit of a tangent but like i just get a sense there was a point in which i was like "Mm, you know what i think he's all right like and and that's (laughs) obviously the album's like 2007 so like but like you hear him like even when he's rapping about um, specifically like some darker stuff on a personal level, like you just get a sense of like, he's, he's still grounded as like complex as his perspectives are. And I will say this, and and since we're talking about Lupe as the person, the man is one of the more, um, he's one of the more conflicted artists I've ever heard because he's, while he's in, in a, in a very like, He's anti-establishment, like generally speaking, right? Like most artists of the hip hop genre, almost all, I would argue that almost all, there's, there, there is no establishment uh, part of the hip hop genre or the rap genre. Yeah. Like there is no like pro-establishment sector of that genre. However, I will say that Lupe offers a very, very critical perspective on even his own perspectives. Like, like this man will not be put in a box. Nope. He is, he is willing to, he is willing to criticize hip hop culture. He's willing to criticize hood culture while also embracing it and like slinging his arm around the shoulders of it. 
in like yes. a very, very conflicted and like tortured artist way, in my perspective. And you get that a lot in this album, I think. Yeah, no, I think that that I think that's actually a really good takeaway from um well like from uh like him as a whole, kind of like if you had to uh try to like put it in a box, it's it it's like exactly that. It's the uh it's like you have the good and the it's it's the food and the liquor. You have the good and the bad. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And then to have that as like the album name, like you know, it's, the dude's crazy. It's just so bold. It's so bold as a as a debut uh, a debutant album, um, food and liquor, and then like to follow it, like because this is like really just in my opinion, I think the coolest, and, and we're gonna get into why this is, but like it really is just like an extension of that debut album, like. Well, no, it, leg- it legitimately is because if you ask me, I, the cool, as we get into it, it's mainly about it's a concept album about um a, a guy named Michael Young history. Yeah, Mike, Michael so, Young. Right. And a lot of the stuff that he refers to is in uh food and liquor. Absolutely. Like I he, mean, he talked he brings up um I believe he brings up the uh, the game. Uh, I had it all up here. Hold on, bear with me for one moment. Do do do. All right. So he uh, he's he's he brings up the uh, the streets and the pills. Yeah. Yep. And I don't I don't think that that's on that album. But either way, he say she say is and uh, the cool is as well. It's a game so, in the streets. The game in the streets, and the streets is like a female is like considered. So can I can I just uh just as like before you and you you're gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna baton this to you um but like this is what he was quoted this is at least on the Wikipedia page and like mm-hmm. so he 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 was quoted as saying quote I expand on the story of and I'm interjecting here the cool song um the the cool was a song in the debut album and. Uh, in the album, in that album, um, there's the song "He Say She Say," right? And mm-hmm. that song is in Food and Liquor. And then he's expanding on that story along with the story of the cool, the song "The Cool," and introducing the two new characters, um, the game and the streets. And the streets is like the more feministic love interest, and the game is considered like the father, right? And he was he he explains as saying, "quote I expand on the story. I introduce two other characters: the game and the streets. The streets is a female. She's like the action personification of the streets, the street life, the call of the streets. The game is the same way. The game is the personification of the game, the pimp's game, the hustler's game, the con man's game, whatever. Then they've got supernatural characteristics. Characteristics like the cool. His right hand is rotted away. The only thing that rotted away was his right hand. It represents the rotting way of his righteousness, of his good." And the streets and the cool kind of have a love affair going on. So she's represented by this locket and the locket has a key and it's on fire. And as a gift to the cool on his rise to fame, she gave him the key and the key represents the key to the streets. So she wears a locket around her neck at all times. And the way the story goes, she has given the key to tons of people throughout time. Al Capone, Alexander's degree, whatever. She's giving them the key to the streets, fame and fortune, but also the prices game he's represented by a stripped down skull a skull with dice in his eyes and smoke coming out of his mouth the billowing smoke is actually crack smoke it's not a it's not a full concept album it's more spread over like five tracks really abstractly and i think that like i'm glad that someone on wikipedia like that's end quote by the way um 
like I'm glad someone compiled that quote from him because that's the best way to um, describe how he's kind of just basically just like mashing these two albums together in this concept and like really he, once again again not being put in a box he's not expected to like thread the story together like traditionally it's just it's always abstract and it's always strewn out in this very unconventional way and he does a really good job of that in this album oh yeah i'm starting to think like a lot more of uh this the album is uh michael young than just uh just a couple songs that he's directly referenced in like you could almost uh you can almost say there's a little bit of michael and like almost like a lot of like the early work yeah i, I would be lo- i would love to go back to like the mixtapes because i guarantee you this concept has been like uh brewing um and these two albums were really only a year apart so you got to imagine that like his writing process probably overlapped between the two it's, but you know you know what it is though deep down it's just uh it's uh Jungian. it's the anima sure. it's the uh, it's the anima and the animus right the yeah. uh the no. male the male figure or in this case the toxic male figure and in the other case the uh the hot female yeah like the like the sexualization yeah no i I see what you mean and also like we should mention that like in the cool like like the story of the cool um and why he uses the cool interestingly enough as we're like now starting to introduce the album a little bit is like um i think that also represents a little bit of his like confliction because like obviously you hear it in in and we'll go over it in each song as we do our track for tracks but like like you hear him really being conflicted about what is um what about what the what that means like what what like coolness means and and um how it's like and how it actually is Jungian in that way because it is like it's like a dual um well food and liquor is a great way to actually perceive it because it is like it's like um what is cool can also what is cool can be like embraced but also like very toxic and um can actually like lead to, to obviously some pretty horrific results um especially considering like and you hear that in the actual song the cool from food and liquor right like that 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 song is like a representation of it and um i don't know that maybe should we introduce the the song the cool before we get into the album or what do you think you know what i don't think that would be disingenuous no i don't i don't either so let's well all right let's do a let's do a 30 second piece on let's we'll, we'll introduce the song the cool so um this is a little impromptu we're not planning on doing this but i actually think it's important to do um because it really does um it kind of lays the groundwork for where the album for where the actual album is so the cool the song the track from his uh from lupe fiasco's uh, debut album um, from Food and Liquor. Here is a little sample from that song, and then we're going to talk about it um, when we get back. So listen to this uh, small sample from uh, the debut album of Lupe, P- Lupe Fiasco. This is The Cool. Yeah. The Cool. Turn me up. Uh-huh. Yeah. He came back in the same suit that he was buried in Similar to the one his grandfather was married in Yes, 
He was still fresh to death, blame two it rings, a chain laying on his chest. He still had it cause they couldn't find it. And the bullets from his enemies sat like two inches behind it. Smelled the Hennessy from when his niggas got reminded. And poured out liquor in his memory, he didn't mind it, but he couldn't sip it fast enough. So the liquor was just filling the casket up. Floating down by his feet was the letter from his sister. Second grade handwriting simply read, I miss ya. Suit jacket pocket held his baby daughter's picture. Right next to it, one of his man stuck a swisher. He had an ocean as he laid there soaking. He saw that the latch was broken. He kicked his casket open and he. This life goes past and you die. It might go fast if you lie. You born, you live, then you die. Oh, 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 oh. If life goes past and you die, don't cry. If you're breaking the rules, making your moves, yeah. paying your dues. Uh huh. Chasing the cool. Not at all nervous as he dug to the surface. Tarnished gold chain is what he loosened up the earth with. He used his mouth as a shovel to try and hollow it. And when he couldn't dirt spit, he swallowed it. Working like a. Okay, so that was uh, that was the track, The Cool. Um, this is from the debut album of uh, Lupe Fiasco's Food and Liquor from 2006. So, Errol, uh, introduce the song. What do, you, like, what do you basically think the song is trying to say? I guess would be a good way to kick it off. Um, after, like, a long, like, thought about it, uh, I think it's just about the cycle like the cycle that a lot of people have to go through. Um, and like, it, it just, it just doesn't end. You can like try, try your best, but when it comes down to it, there's going to be people in a similar situation to the point where you could legitimately be reincarnated, like a trying your best and you just get gunned down by, you know, same people. Yeah. I think that's exactly what he's going for there. Is that like, um, and I thought about this uh, this song and this concept around the album a lot today. And like, I really do think that's what he's trying. I think you you basically hit the nail on the head here. Um, I think he's I think he's basically talking about like intergenerational um, trauma and racial uh, racial woes. Yeah, um, he's saying, and he's like, what he's saying. He says like, uh, what he uh, the last thing he says, hustler for death, uh, no heaven for a gangster. Um, he's saying like, you're not the people aren't bad, but they're not good. Yeah. Like, like this is the like, confliction, right? This is like his yeah. like, constant confliction with like, and like, he's one of the few hip hop artists. So like, he's like entrenched in like very clearly entrenched in like very, um, in a, in a culture that perpetuates. And he says this and like, whatever, this isn't just specifically my perspective, but this is his own is that it perpetuates behaviors that like, are, that morally compromise the artist and morally compromise the people who, who, you know, carry out their lives this way. And he knows it's wrong. And he like, and I think he's willing to, he's willing to write about it and he's also willing, but he's so honest. He's such an honest artist that he's willing to like admit that he also personally embraces it. Right. It's a terror. It's a one. It's like, it's really one of the more honest. Um, he's a he's just an honest artist in this way. But I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that's genuinely what he's talking about. Is like the song is basically as the story unfolds is is basically uh, Michael Young history is like gunned down and killed. Yeah, in the first song. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah, the first song they like kind of bring him up. It's the it's the ending of him. Right. Yeah. It's exactly right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like 
that's he's brought us some kind of spoilers for you know the end of the whole album yeah (laughs) it ends it ends here and like he says though like he was quoted as saying when i when i was going through that quote in uh on his on the wikipedia page for the uh for the album um which i'm not sure what the source is i wish i'll try to find that and include it in some of the notes but um you know he he does it he he says in that quote that like his he's really not trying to like produce like a very traditional chronological concept album that you can follow. Well, here's part one, part two, part three. No, no, no. Like these concepts are interwoven, like not, not randomly, but like, in you know, deliberately in some ways, but like they're interwoven throughout every song. And there's like, um, I think there's concepts in each song, but like the story itself can only be found in a handful of tracks. And um, right. this is the story. Yeah. But I definitely believe there's a reason why he didn't just like, you know, act one, act two, act three. Why well, hit it with the Christmas? Yeah, that's what I mean by deliberate. Like, I don't think, I think he's got too much to say to to, once again, just not put himself in 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 a box. Like, I mean, because that's what you do when you want when you write a true concept album is like you're now constricted to saying what what the concept is that you're trying to portray in your story and then you're really kind of narrowed down whereas like this dude's got a lot of perspectives on a lot of things and and he also has an unbelievable writing talent that he's he wants to put on display too you want to know how like um i kind of categorize it as unbelievable we've been talking about this album as like it's a concept album you could listen to this and have no idea about like the understory and it would still be great it's totally because there's because there's so much different um like uh everything's like a double entendre at at least at least he he um like you said earlier um he 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 kind of he trusts the audience he's he doesn't he as in like dumb it down he doesn't dumb it down he's like if i'm going to make something i'm going to you know look it up read it like <laughs> you know figure it out if you want to He's, like there's he's some... honest. He's honest and bold, and like, like in the same, like those are like the two things that, that as an artist, I would like, I would like uh, categorize him as in like terms of his like characteristics of writing style. Like he's honest as hell about what he about how he views his own culture, especially as like because like he's a musician, he's an artist in a culture of artists that have, you know say what you want i'm a hip-hop head just like you are errol i mean we've been listening to hip-hop since we were kids like little kids like we've we've been obsessed with this genre of music for a very long time and like it means a lot to me it's like very important to me it's like it's a part of my identity just like it's yours yeah i'd say it's it's definitely like my favorite genre i think it has the highest ceiling because it's just it's literally poetry like it's i I could never I could never give one genre of music that, but it's, I would say it's probably the genre of music that dates furthest back in my catalog. Well, also, so here's the reason why I would give it that too. What other music can you sample all of the other (laughs) genres? You can, if you really like the other stuff, you could put it in there. Yeah, it's true. You could literally Kanye West. That's how Kanye West like made his fame was like being the best sampler. Which, by the way, we should we should mention it's almost like it's almost malpractice for us not to mention. But like the song, The Cool was produced by Kanye West, by the way. Ooh, I didn't. How did I not know that? Yeah, no, he produced that. Yeah, because he had a lot to do. Well, they're from they're also they're both from. Yeah, they're both from the shy. Yeah, so they're both from Chi-Town. So like that's that's got to be a part of the story here, too, is that like they're 
uh, you know, Lupe, I don't know what their relationship is. Um, Dude, you um, know, Kanye's had a very complicated, like, post-career, if you want to call I, it. I saw, I saw recently that um, he had, like, uh, he held him in high regard still. He said he was one of, like, uh, one of the... I'm just, I'm paraphrasing him, but he said he's, like, a, a good, like, um, a good, like, idea of, like, like, uh, a, like, uh, black people who are smart. He's, like, him, Chance the Rapper. He's, like, these guys are, like, supercomputers. Like, they, oh yeah. you know, well, he's, like, like they when it comes to, like, entertainment and stuff, like, the multi-talented, yeah. like, levels. The creative genius can never be denied of Kanye West. Like, I, I think that he's got a, um... I think that he's like, I don't know, <laughs> that's like a whole other podcast to talk about like Kanye West and his opinions of the world. Um, Cause like I, part of me feels like a lot of what he has to say publicly is like a work. Like a, I think, like, I yeah, think I like I I'm getting to... worked here a little bit with what he's like got to say. Cause I don't, I don't know that I'd buy the, you know, the I, I think, um I think I need to go to therapy before I give like uh, <laughs> an in-depth rundown on Kanye West. Um, yeah, I need to like. I, he's he's the man's polarizing is what I will say. Um, I have. Yeah, but is that be, intentional or is that like is that because is because he's, his opinions are actually polarizing? Or do you well, think, when you get when you get so yeah. big, like uh, you know, like you you either uh, like blow up or like you implode. Like yeah. uh, he like he went like uh like supernova. He was uh name one artist who Kanye West like didn't wasn't like borderline associated with like he was a uh, oh he's one of the he, most he's the he's the uh, I'll, here you want to hear a statement here i'll give you a music i'll give you a, a uneducated and uh the i'll give you a i'll give you a big statement from a person who's never worked in music who's never had anything to do with music who's not a talented musician but you can take it to the bank and that because i think it's true i think Kanye west is the single most important musical artist to grace the radio waves since michael jackson I think that's really I do. Yes, I absolutely do. If you want to go back to through Kanye West, what he's responsible for, you won't find a hit for like 15 years straight that he wasn't like some t- like there was never a period of time for 15. If years not, if not the immediate the song, then the, if not the immediate song, then the remix. Or even just, I just mean, it's not like every song. I just mean that like, no matter what the top 10, Billboard top 10, whatever it looks like, like he's somewhere in the mix at all times, whether that's via production, whether like, and like, I don't know, like he, he produced an entire Common album that he was only featured on. Whereas like, you'll go back and listen to it. Like the the album B by Common, uh, I, I strongly recommend to anyone who hasn't heard it. Yeah, that album's amazing instrumentally like and he didn't even care like he didn't even care to like like promote it as like his own because it's it's all about common like he he, he just you know he supported an, a fellow musician and like that album is unbelievable on a hip-hop level and, and common's another artist who's like an unbelievable conscious hip-hop you know artist who should be revered Let's, a lot more than dude, chicago know. has some scary good yeah. rappers unbelievable talent yeah it's, it's uh, like a definitely like a um uh like hot. a pinnacle like a almost like you you could you could argue the mecca no it's new york bro you think new york would be the mecca see some yeah. people would some people would argue west coast 
Cali. Yeah, I mean, if you're from the West Coast, you probably feel like West Coast. But if like for me, it's it's New York because it's just like it's just an endless well. Because where where oh where it's like started. Yeah, it's, it is. And by the way, speaking of which, there's like a we should promote this. Let's put let's push this a little bit. There's like a um. Hold on, I'll, I'll pull it up in your moment. New York, the, New, the New York hip hop scene is so important, especially right now, because uh, this is according to the uh, the uh, I'm going to quote a, an article here. The New York's uh, New York Daily Times, um, you know, important. It's, it's, oh, it's going to block me out. Boy, I'd really like it. it, it anyway, hip hop is supporting and and celebrating 50 years 50 years of hip-hop um, in New York City um, this week, um, which it, because oh. that's where it was found. And, and, you know, Sugar Hill Gang and, you know, yeah. Run DMC and Snoop Dogg. And, the breaks. Well, Snoop Dogg's the West Coast, but like, Yeah, I mean, this is where it started. And so they're they're doing like a huge festival at Yankee Stadium in New York City um, to celebrate 50 years of hip-hop because this is where it started. LL Cool J, Run DMC, um, I mean, listen, like this, this is a monster lineup and they're celebrating hip hop, you know, in its, its, its roots in, um, in New York, because that's where it all started. Let's be honest. I mean, it, it, it has an unbelievable history on the West coast and in the Midwest in Chicago, but like, I think everyone can agree that hip hop's deepest roots are on the East coast in New York city, but yeah. And, um, hip hop. Uh, is also the leading or hip hop rap is also the leading genre of music in the United States and Canada, followed by pop and rock. That's amazing, considering like the where where it's at like currently. Um, I'm telling, it's everything. It is you can find a sample of a song that you like, dude. Me, <laughs> not to like promote or like you know uh, just uh before we get ahead of ourselves, but me and Bren want to do a. Uh, track to the Marty Robbins. Uh, oh, you could totally. Like, so, you could yeah, totally. you loop any of those songs. Oh, they're all good. Well, there's, there's it's all samples and like it's sample like other music is basically because that, it, and it's 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 you know it's it's um what's the word it's like uh it's it all interplays like like hip hop doesn't exist without like the roots of other music, just like rock and roll doesn't exist without like roots Delta blues. Right. Like, I mean, you know what I was going to say though? Like legitimately, I had to pause myself from saying it earlier is in it's a, everything's jazz. Everything is. Jazz. <laughs> yeah. <a lot> of, <laughs> like It's just like, you know, no, 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 I actually disagree. I'm going to disagree because it's not everything's jazz. It's everything's blues. Really? You think everything's blues? I think everything's I think jazz. blues. I think blues predates everything. I don't know that. That's exactly true because technically, like classical music. You class. think you think the first person who played a song played it out in a in sadness in a mournful. Yeah, I think the Mississippi Delta Blues like changed American music. I think, and like I know that jazz like is not like constricted to like the confines of the United States, but I, I personally think that like I hear the blues, I hear blues in everything. Like for me, it's Delta Mississippi blues. I hear as a core tenant of every music. Like I can, I can point it out in any song. You can name any song from the last hundred years in the United States. And I'm talking United States music because there's obviously there's world music out there that, you know, I'm not wasn't influenced by Right. Like the, the influence for, I'm talking about United, you know, American music as, as far as it goes for a hundred and 120 years, however long. Um, I hear Mississippi Delta blues and everything. 
and be- that's because you're, just, you're saying heavy metal is heavy metal is just angry blues. Of course it is. Listen to black. The first who's the first who is the first metal artist heavy metal artist ever. Say again. Ever. Yeah, they, like you. Can, I mean, this argument could be made. It's not set in stone, but like from your perspective, what would you consider to be the first heavy metal artist? I I'm ignorant on the subject. I would hate to be, a but fool. you're not. But you're not because that's what's that's what's funny because you've heard of Led Zeppelin. Oh, and oh, and you've heard of Black Sabbath, right? Like, yeah, these are this this is heavy metal for the seventies. Black the, Sabbath is heavy metal. So you know what? Listen, uh, heavy, if you listen to Black Sabbath and you tell me you can't hear Robert Johnson and you can't hear like any Delta Blues, you can't hear uh, Muddy Waters in the way that you know Tony Iommi plays the guitar for Black the first couple of Black Sabbath albums. You're not listening close enough. It's right there. So, so that's what um, that's what Dave's dad was uh, saying before. Dave was telling us uh, a story one time, and he said, um, when like those bands like first came out, like they were like because they're not heavy by like I mean we're uh, we're we're kind of watered down. You can like look on the internet and just see like the craziest thing ever and have your ears bleed from like a double bass. But like that wasn't always the case back in the day. So yeah, when they came out, they were that two four was jamming. Oh yeah, I mean this is it. All has to start from somewhere. And American music, I think, I think the spine of American music is Mississippi Delta blues. That's my opinion. I, I'm not like you know, I'm not a music historian, but for me, that's what that's where it like all starts for me. That's where I hear the most of it. Um, but um, nonetheless, I, I mean, we're, we're digressing into like they, well, they say everything comes from the swamp, so. <laughs> hey, that's that's beautiful. That's exactly right. I mean, Mississippi Delta. Um, but um, well, anyway, li- listen, we're not musicians or musical historians, but we've got you know we've got a little not yet, yeah. But what, hey, at episode at PV one thousand. If we do a couple couple more hundred of these, we uh, we'll see where we get. Go back to go back to school. Get a PhD. All that fun stuff. All that, all that. Get right after it. Um, but I think we should dive in. So uh, let's let's dive into the album because we don't want to digress too far. I mean, I I personally do think that like um, tying this back to Lupe Fiasco's music. I mean, I think he's the most. Um, it's hard. I wouldn't call him the most accomplished because I just don't think he's had the mainstream appeal. I think that he's been a little too, um, unfortunately for him, outspoken on his you know, perspectives on the world. And I think that he's also just genuinely decided that he's, he's not interested in making, he's done a really good job. I think of like really balancing a, making sure that he balances a mainstream um, presence by introducing songs that can reach radio, uh, radio exposure while also never compromising his writing ability. Right. You could almost, uh, you could argue that he's like the most underground and like commercial artist of all time. Absolutely. I mean, he has, he has all the respect from underground artists and people who follow underground music. I'll tell you, I, I want to see him rap battle. Anyone who's confident enough to rap battle him is like what I, I would say that. Yeah. But here's the problem is he's so, he's, he's so complex. It's just, uh, you know, you wonder how much of that's going to fly over the head of the audience, you know? And it doesn't matter when I'm watching it. No, it doesn't. Because I just know. I just trust that he's got 
15. when I'm watching it over the internet a couple couple weeks after it happens, you know what I mean? I'll be like, oh, he did what? Yeah. <laughs> Just bringing yeah. it back. Yeah, he's. I mean, his his talent level is is unmatched. But, um, well, listen, we're, it's and needless to say, to summarize, basically what Errol and I are saying is like this is this is probably our our favorite personal artist in the genre. Um, am I speaking for you a little bit, Errol, or you, would would you say that that's on the nose? That's pretty. Accurate. No, yeah, no, I, I would say that is. I'd put him up against uh, a, a a lot of people, man, a yeah. lot of I'm, people. I'm always so impressed with with everything he puts out, and in my opinion, he and this will be my closing statement um, on just the artist himself before we dive into the content of the album. Um, I actually think he's gotten better, which is sick to say. If you had told he me, he drops that, he drops stuff like constantly, and it's always it's better. Like I just think even as even his studio albums, I think have gotten better, and that's saying something. If you told me that ten years ago, I would have been shocked to learn that that he was going to get better across time. Like, and it makes sense. The man he's, you know, he's 41 years old. He's not, he's not ancient. Like he, he's been around a long time, but he's not like, he's not some like old head. Like he's 41 and he's just getting, you, you notice that like a, a lot of times artists, they will uh, find, uh, they'll find their niche and then they'll only be able to do that one certain thing. Like they're, their whole career and just be known for that like he is constantly like evolved to the point where he's dude uh, i he's making like um the music he's making now is like very current like if you ask yeah. me it's um he, he's not like uh like uh like resting on his laurels like just being like oh i can like rap com- comfortably the way i rap it's uh if you can't if you can't evolve, then it's because you're not good. Is kind of uh, right. I feel we'll, like what he what he goes by. We'll definitely talk about this in this album because it's it, it's going to be forced to be it's it's going to force us to confront it at certain points. But like it's just a it's a matter of fact that some of the messages of the cool and food and liquor, even for that matter, which we won't talk about as much tonight, but like um, specifically in the cool, some of the messaging that he has to say about hip hop culture have only been amplified across time in which he's his his concerned about his concerns about violence in the culture his concerns about glamorized drug dealing and um you know and you know just just dom- domestic and cultural problems around hip hop culture have only been amplified across the the time of his career so therefore like it, i feel like his message is actually all the more <laughs> his messaging about it and his conflictions about it are all the more um potent now than than ever in my opinion yeah less a less a rapper more like an oracle yeah truly morpheus he is the mor- <laughs> <laughs> he's morpheus that's what he, he said took both pills from the bloke in the trench coat he keeps it real and he's like mm-hmm. in he's the like, matrix something about, something <laughs> yeah like he's willing to that's what I, that's what i just love about him is that's the honesty of the artist like um, there's other artists in other genres that do this that are like, you know, they're willing to, um, you know, there's a lot of like country music now is very much so, um, especially mainstream country, just to tie this in a little bit, is like very much centered around um, alcoholism. Like that's what sells on the radio because that's what's getting played. Those are the songs that get played in bars, in nightclubs, in like country clubs. Like, People want to hear. People want their vices to be validated. How much? 
but let's be real. Do you think that country music will just keep going on or like, will it like grow or like decrease? Like my question is how much blood can you draw from the country road? How much time, how much, how much songs never or iterations can we sing or it'll hear? Never, it'll never end. You want to know why? Never. I don't know what why? my opinion is. I'll, it will never end. And here's why. There was, there was an artist that changed that forever. He changed it. He changed it forever. There's one. I'm gonna tie it to one artist and like anybody listening, um, who's and I'm I'm not a country music aficionado. Um, I do I do love country music, but in my opinion, and I haven't been listening to it for all that long. It's really um, I mean, it's been around obviously forever, but like for me, it's been kind of bobbing and weaving in in out of my like you know peripheral for uh, a while. You know, for most of my life, but. There's one artist in my personal opinion that changed that that will ensure it he he single-handedly secured the future of country music and its ability. Was it to- Willie Nelson? No. Although oh. he contributed greatly. There's one artist, and his name is Bob Dylan. Because Bob Dylan is not a country music artist, but he's a folk artist. And country music yeah, I was gonna, that's what I was gonna say, dude. I was like, he's not country music. No, 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 but hear me out. Is that he inspired so many country music artists to level up their game in terms of writing because, because he was like folk music and country music are just like, they're, Oh, they go hand in hand. They're cousins. They're first cousins, man. They're not like, they're not distant. They're not too distant, but like, they might be like weird first cousins too. Like, you know, like, yeah, they might be keep your eye on them. Kissing cousins is what they are. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like that dude. That dude single-handedly, in my opinion, ensured that um, country music is is like not like. If you dive into like the you know we're having a, this is a whole other podcast, obviously, but like country music, um, while you if you turn on the radio, you're gonna hear the same damn country song over and over again about you know broken hearts and and how alcohol will soothe your broken heart. Um, there are artists out there who are still writing about something. You know, and that, and I think, I think they owe a debt of gratitude to Bob Dylan. Willie Nelson was a great poll. I think they owe a debt of gratitude to him um, as well. Um, but there, there are the country artists out there who are still, who are still writing about things, writing about important stuff, writing about cultural issues, writing about uh, anti-establishment, anti-establishment, similar things to what Lupe is is writing about, just in a, from a different perspective from. You know, from the perspective of Appalachia or from the perspective of the blue collar workforce who, you know, who have been who are working for poor wages. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of that to be to be, you know, there's a lot of endearing aspects of of every I think every genre of music. It's just it's just I. So here's the thing. I used to say like, um, oh, I don't like that kind of music or like, I don't I don't like that genre. Um you should be able to find at least one song in every genre that you're like, you know what? I get why they like that. I get why this is someone's favorite music. Like there is, you're telling me you can't tap your toe to like, they're just, I mean, I guess like uh, sometimes if you just hear like experimental, like noise music, it's just like, all right, what are we doing? But like sort of that, like any kind of like cultural music, any kind of, uh, um, especially like spoken stuff. Like, you know, I never, I didn't necessarily grow up on the prairie. Like I was, um, I grew up at my grandparents' house who like had a farm for a little bit, but I still didn't like, like country music, but I could still like kind of relate and see why people like 
absolutely love it. Like it is. A, if, if an artist, if an artist is doing a good job in their writing, they'll reach, they'll reach any, every, any and every American from any background. Well, like it, well, any artist in general, like it's just, if you are, yeah. a, whatever you bring to the table, you just got to take someone there. Yeah. You got to bring them along. You got to bring yep. them along and like, and, and you got to have something to say. And like, um, I saw this, um, I saw this quote, uh, or I was listening to this one thing and Earl sweatshirt, uh, said it, it was uh, like, I don't know how recent it was, but he was like, uh, he's like, my job as an artist is, uh, to be like the driver. And if I'm a good driver, um, cause no matter what, if, uh, you listen to an artist, they're going to take you for a ride. But, uh, if you are a, a good driver or like a great driver, you're able to like have more control over the ride and then have like, you know, more more fun like you're able to kind of yeah. streamline it the way you want to go like make it precisely go how you want to go that's beautiful wow that's that's really that's exactly right i mean that's that's what the goal is right and it's like you don't it doesn't benefit any artist to alienate anyone any any one listener like right yeah i mean I, you're gonna do that anyway but like that shouldn't that shouldn't be your goal as an artist it shouldn't be the you know what's crazy you know what's crazy? Because I feel like that really is a lot of like the uh, there's like a shock culture, like a like counterculture rap thing going on where it's just like say something uh, outlandish and just like sprint with it, and you can just like make money from controversy. And like that's not art, man. That's like yeah. I mean, I, I I've got a lot of like I don't know. I've got a lot of disdain for like the mumble rap stuff. And I, to be honest with you, I, I shouldn't say I have disdain for it. It just it's all surface for me because I just hear it and it's it's immediately a. I can only tap into it for a second because I'm just like I hear I, all I have to hear is like a couple of measures of lyricism and I'm just like I'm out. Like I'm out. It's not because it's not necessarily because I'm like oh the, you guys aren't doing a good job writing. It's just like Jesus man, this is like this is very repetitive. Like. It's re- it's repetitive and it's not saying anything new. Like Young Jeezy was rat was saying the same shit like ten years ago, like and way more creatively. Like so, like um, I I was I I kind of was in the same boat. I would say like um like a couple years ago. Um, I don't like listen to a lot of like the newer stuff going on now, but like um, a lot of the idea is uh not necessarily uh not necessarily like the lyrics themselves, but being able to like, kind of, uh, I don't want to just say like flow with the beat because that's always been a thing, but what people are doing now is they're making like a beat within a beat. So it just like, uh, no, I hear it. No, I, I yeah, hear it. It just I like, it, I mean, hear what they're, what they're aiming at. And it, it is like, it's somewhat there's there's some talent to be revered there, but that's not what hip hop's about, man. That's not what hip hop's ever been about. Hip-hop no, it is. That is that's exactly that's exactly what hip hop's about. Hip hop no, is about not. um. No, it's yes, not. it is. Hip-hop's no, no, because I'll tell you, something. it's about saying hip-hop. something, bro. Hip-hop. Public enemy, public enemy did not make hip hop what hip hop. They did not could like they did not take go out on a limb and walk out on the plank publicly like they did to be to like to pave the way for other for artists 30 years later to not say anything i'm no i'm telling you man hip-hop's about uh expressing yourself yeah but that's not a form i understand that it is a form of expression i'm not trying to insinuate that like there is no expression happening and that it's mindless i don't think it's mindless i really don't 
Like I, I understand where I understand. Well, also, the, so that's um, a lot of people artistically. That's where a lot of people will differentiate uh, hip hop and like rap. Is like that, like very line. Like hip hop is a lot. I mean, more, they like, are spoken. That's, that's fair. No, that's spoken different. like spoken word. Like and like rap is like you know like rap. There's a place. There's a place for both. But like, but like Lupe says in some of his, and this will be a perfect segue into like introducing the album, and we'll we'll move on from like the just the music talk in general. But you know, Lupe does talk about this in some of his newer material about like, you know, I wish you were lying. I wish you were all lying to me. Like because. Unfortunately, like the hip hop culture, and this is actually predates like, you know, the mumble rap era and like where hip hop is, where hip hop slash rap is today in that like, I, I, and whatever, I'm probably sounding like old man on the, you know, get off my lawn a little bit just because I'm, you know, I'm just not as in touch with, with where rap is. These goddamn hip hop kids making my day. You'd spin acapella and you'd like it. to say something. You're just mumbling. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Hold on, what did you let me get my hearing aid? I missed half I just, of the I don't know. Is it just me though? Or does it feel like like more more hip hop artists or rap artists are just like in, they're getting like arrested and going to prison for like the actual shit that they're rapping about? Whereas like I don't feel like that wasn't as like common. I mean rap artists have been getting all superstars have been getting in trouble. Rap snitches telling all they business. Yeah, be in the I, court, they be their own star witness. Do you see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here. Fuck around, get the whole label sent up for years. Doom has been saying about that. Yeah, well, we're gonna do Doom. Hit. We're gonna talk Doom. No, we're not talking Doom. Well, no, but I'm just like that. Doom for he said he's like he's another uh, at this point because I said uh, if if Lupe Fiasco oh, is man. an oracle, then uh, Doom Fiasco is a, a legitimate prophet. Yeah, no, he really is. He's Jesus, MF Doom. He's a, easily a uh, prophet of hip hop. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and, and quietly, he's more, so much more underground. Obviously, he just never hit. He refused, and like for you know a million reasons, MF Doom was like a whole. Uh, but he's uh, he's like your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Like anyone, Bro, who, anyone who knows. Can I tell you, Dave and I like kind of saw him. Um, Are you sure you saw him, or did you see? Him? I know that was the thing. He we went to <laughs> festival in New York, and like, I guess like the body shape was like not quite Doom. Um, he was like skinnier, but I can't really remember because we only caught. I think we only caught like a part of the sh- the show. Um, but like, I don't know. Um, Doom is a legend of the game too, and like, boy, we could do a Doom album or a King. Dude, Dora. I can't believe it. Even if you caught a doppelganger. Uh, yeah it was cool it was cool we saw blue and exile we saw wu-tang i mean it was it was a good experience but whatever uh we're, we're gonna we're, we'll leave the personal anecdotes right here we're just gonna we're just gonna very very abruptly and uh probably uh you know probably unprofessionally shift back to the album well no uh, i feel like that was a good like we talked about like how we feel about like yeah music no in it's general state of like a bit. but yeah no the the actual uh item on hand yes let's <laughs> let's let's do it let's dive into let's dive into the topic on 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 the night here um we're gonna talk about um we're gonna talk about lupe fiasco's the cool let's introduce i'm gonna just quickly introduce the album and then we're gonna do our track for track so lupe fiasco's the cool expands on the story of fiasco telling on the track the cool from his debut album um, it basically just un- unpacks um, a lot of the similar concepts from the previous album, but really expands upon it. Um, it was a, it was actually, he actually produced a couple more commercial hits. He had two 
pretty good sized hits off of the first album along with like you know he had the from the first album he had daydreaming um that was a pretty big hit and then obviously kick push kick push was a, a monster um that was a huge huge hit which was so great to see um i love that song still to this day i don't know about you but like do you what do you think about kick push kick push still so do here's the thing i didn't um it wasn't my favorite of his and i i don't want to say like i resented it just because i was like oh that's why everyone knows the song yeah, but yeah, like yeah. that song is crazy because it isn't a it's a direct uh like allegory of skateboarding and selling drugs yes exactly <laughs> yep you nailed it like yep. it's <laughs> it's a one for one and just it's abs- that's absolutely insane. And the fact that like it just radio played radio. And, like, over everyone's heads, like yeah, just not even he was just too smart for everybody, including like the radio execs, like just snuck it by everybody. But it's so the smart. cops came by and they're just trying to like skate by, like you know, on some sails, and then they started say, kicking and pushing them. Yep. Yeah, he just started kicking and pushing them. They're just like, nah, like we're get out of here, cops. They're like yep. I mean, he's well. I mean, and and then he continues that though in, in this album because the number one, uh, I would say, in my opinion, well, it's not my opinion. It's it's a fact. The number one hit on this album, uh, "Superstar." That's the uh, that's the hit. People will hear that song, and including me, when I was a kid and I heard it for the first time, I always heard "Superstar." I was like, "Wow, this is like about being." He's ready for the show. It's like it's so much deeper than that. There's just so much more. Um, there's so much more being said in that song than, than it meets the eye. So like um, a good follow-up hit, but it, it's a, it's the album was uh, let's do a little, a couple of notes on the album. It is uh, it was released on December 18th, 2017. Or I'm sorry, 2007 under Lupe's own label uh, co co-labeled with Atlantic records um, and Lupe's uh, record label first and 15th uh, produced production, uh, Production duties on the album, uh, Lupe Fiasco himself, Darrell Jones, Patrick Stump of Fallout Boys. Uh, interesting enough, he was he was involved in the production of the album. Pretty cool. Um, uh, Al Shucks, uh, the Buchanans, Drop, Chris Goss, uh, Le Messi, Simon Says, Soundtrack, and Uncle. Um, these are your producers on the album. Um, interestingly enough, did not bring Kanye back. Kanye not involved in the album, which... Um, only a year later, I think he just kind of wanted to go his own uh, his own way, which uh, he did a great job with. Um, so here's the thing I wanted to say it earlier when we we're talking about Kanye West, my favorite absolute like artist group that never actually came to like fruition, if you ask me. But it would have been the greatest group of all time. Oh, I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, go yes. ahead. Yes, it. it's a, uh, it's um the uh child rebel soldiers. Yeah, with Pharrell, right? Yeah. Kanye, Lupe, and Pharrell. If you had to put three other people up against them that aren't dead right now, I swear you're gonna they're gonna lose. Do it right now. No one's better. Someone, dude, anyone in any genre. I'm yeah. just, like, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. Like, I will. Let me get. Let's give. Let's give an let's give the best honest effort. Like, what do you do? Who do you put up against those three? Dude, it's like, but it's crazy because no one, the, the success continued even after they were, they did have a project together. They did the Everybody Knows song and like, I think it was a double, a double track uh, release. And um, even to this, like 10 years, like 10 years later, they both, like everyone's remain like maintained success. I think Pharrell's probably done a, the best job of maintaining the success just because Kanye went like, Kanye went a little bit publicly crazy and like kind of alienated his his fan base a little bit. But then yeah. Lupe Lupe maintained his fan base but moved away from the mainstream. Like he went super deep artistic 
he's he's also um he's also I don't want to say like done some alienation, but he's been like under fire uh for like a couple things that he's like done. Lupe or uh, Pharrell? Uh, Lupe. Yeah, I would say I think Pharrell, Pharrell has the cleanest. Clean. I think Pharrell has the quote unquote like cleanest slate. Who's done the best? Like uh, mm-hmm. he just smile for like PR. But like as you were saying earlier, uh, uh. Uh, Lupe Fiasco is always uh, he's been one to like speak his mind. Uh, I don't want to say to the point of detriment because uh, there's a point where if you have a uh, if you have a platform, what would why not use it? You know what I mean? Yeah, he's just well, he's just been so honest about like his perspectives. And like, unlike Kanye, I think that he he never really achieved like that crazy superstardom that can break the mind the mega superstardom where he is he's like a socialite in a i don't think the human mind is like built to handle that well clearly just from like dude kanye west got he got the he the game dude yeah or sorry the the streets dude he was yeah uh, he got the streets he got caught up in the streets like 100 he got the key to the streets for real for real well no it's like oh just to tie it back to the lighthouse it's like the it's like the all it's like too much knowledge he got too much access too much knowledge it's like the light and no so think about that too like uh, the uh the streets the streets is a, a key it's a it's a locket and then he gave her the key uh, he or she gave him the key to the uh, lock, and it, she, the locket is on fire. So you're just opening like Pandora's box. It. You're opening. You're opening the um, the uh, with the flame, the uh, the Promethean flame. Yeah, like it is. Like it uh, kind of is. Like the lighthouse. Like you <laughs> open. We're not it up really forcing it, but we're still like marginally, but not really. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not, dude. Because think really. about uh, what there. what happens when it's unlocked, dude. The streets are on fire, and it's just fire. Fire. That's right. Bingo. Yeah. And was, it's just it's just gonna open say, up. Like, that's what happens. That's what happens when you open up Pandora's box. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's that is a perfect. That actually is the perfect segue. So we're gonna dive into the album. It was uh, Lupe Fiasco's the cool. December 18th released 2007, a progressive hip hop album on the labels and production that we previously mentioned had about three or four pretty big, pretty decent sized radio hits. Um, it, uh, the album, de- the album, I'm sorry, the album debuted at number 15 on the U S billboard 200 selling 143,407 copies in its first week. The album debuted as the number one rap record and remained for nine weeks. As of 2022, the album has been certified platinum, by the Recording Industry Association of America. At the uh, 2009 Grammys, the album was nominated for Best Rap Album. This is, and uh, at this point, we're going to dive right in to track number one on Lupe Fiasco's The Cool. Sit back, enjoy, listen to the opening track, Baba Says Cool for Thought, on Lupe Fiasco's The Cool. They thought it was cool to burn crosses in your front line as they hung you from trees in your backyard. They thought it was cool to leave you thirsty and stranded, Katrina. He thought it was cool to carry a gun in his classroom and open fire, Virginia Tech Columbine, stop the violence. They thought it was cool to tear down the projects and put up million dollar condos, gentrification. They think it's cool to stand on the block hiding product in their socks making quick dime bag dollars. They think it's cool to ride down on you in blue and white and unmarked cars, busting you upside your head. Freeze. Because the problem is we think it's cool, too. Check your ingredients before you overdose on the cool. 
All right. So that is uh Baba says cool for thought. That is uh what an opening, man, for for an out. That's that spoken word, like beautiful uh writing. I I, I don't know if it was I assume it was actually written by Lupe. Um I don't know that on fact, but it was uh spoken word verse by Aisha Jaco, which is his uh I feel like that's his sister, right? Errol, you still there? Or are you muted? Yeah, no, I should I should know that. I don't uh I'm pretty sure that's his sister, Aisha. Yeah, that's his sister. That's his sister. I'm right. Um, so yeah, she it's it's like it's an actual beautiful, like emblematic piece of writing for the album because it's like it's so it's it takes on the social commentary, obviously, almost immediately, but it also like it it represents his confliction because he's while it's mostly talking about like the systematic problems, especially at that time, which it does, it's a little dated because he's obviously talking about Katrina and uh, Virginia Tech and the Columbine. Well, no. So like, here's the, I don't, I don't think that it's dated because of that. Um, They start all the way back. Um, Like burning crosses. That's been okay. You could, you could extrapolate from all of this and go through, you can go throughout all of history stuff. That's been, either actually cool to like witness like you know war or like stuff like that or stuff sure. that's been considered oh no it's cool to do that like you know like beheadings and stuff like oh no it's okay that's cool um like the holocaust uh not cool that like you know they're just like you the like the germans like oh it's they're not saying like oh cool do it but they're like oh yeah cool that's that's okay Right. Um, well, I just I don't mean to say it's dated in that like it's like um, it, it it dates the commentary like I just mean it's specific to the time because I think uh, Virginia Tech was at that time and like it's actually almost in some ways like foreshadowing because um, the Katrina incident dates it you know specifically to 2007 I believe Katrina was 2004 so it's like it's an immediate commentary on that and there have been instances of of uh like we can talk about puerto rico and like the lack of preparation and funding that they had and resources they had when they went through their hurricane and there's been other examples and obviously the mass shooting incidents have like gone unbelievably like (laughs) unchecked basically ever since Um, unchecked uh, that's a really good word to describe it i was gonna say like a like uh, you you hear the term skyrocket yeah i mean that's but like if you were to look at a chart yeah, I don't. The thing about the charts, though, is that like this is always gets me about the charts is that like, like they, they, it's the same thing with a lot of the like the COVID stuff is that like the, there are institutions that play with the numbers on things like that. And like, I know damn well that the mass shooting situation has been like out of control and getting worse and worse and worse over the cross of time. But then it's just like, like the COVID situation where like, um, you were having like, um, COVID, COVID deaths being, um, counted or like like people dying with covid but not of covid were counted as covid deaths and it fucks up the numbers and like that became public and then people were and then you get like conspiracy theorists on the fringe who were just like what the hell that's not so they must be lying about everything and it's like no i don't think they were lying i think they were just like they just didn't do a good job of like actually filtering the numbers and the same thing i think goes for like mass shootings whereas like I know that like if you dove into the statistics on mass shootings and like every shooting is bad like it's not to indicate that like you know we shouldn't pay attention to all shootings we should try to diminish all shootings like in in every capacity but like ensuring that we understand what's considered like a mass public shooting event um in like a cuz there's a difference right between like a, a shooting in an inner city 
that's um, either gang related or drug dealing related versus like someone shooting up a, a grocery store, right? Like there's yeah, like a like a targeted like uh, yeah, can we, like the, the idea that we're just like stupid Americans and we can't differentiate between like what's different about those two things, like that that drives me nuts because like it's they're they're they're, de- they're very clearly two different types of like shooting incidents and like the idea that like i think they get categorized under the same umbrella sometimes and like i just i think that that's i think that's foolish because we can also have the we can still have the conversation about like why uh you know about mass shootings and why they continue to happen without like without like assuming that everyone's too dumb to differentiate between what's a you know a mental health or, or or a gun access problem versus a you know a culture problem or a drug dealing problem or a gang violence problem, right? Right. Um, I just uh, I think uh, the uh, the problem is with a lot of the uh, stuff that goes on um, outside of like you know um, like gang violence is. The, the, there's like a certain um like a shock value going into it now like there's so much stuff has like been like done where anyone who is like willing to do something it's almost like they're just like they're going like like all out like you're seeing i i want to say you're seeing a lot more but you'd like when i say that you are legitimately seeing a lot more because a lot more stuff is on camera you yeah, know what i mean that's true. so sure. like it it seems like um like a lot of times, like you can, if you dig deep enough, you can like watch a video of almost like all those shootings, like whether it's like a first person of like the supermarket guy That's or like, you know, or like the SWAT guy, uh, the SWAT people coming into like any of the other like, or, the shootings yeah. and stuff. Yeah, but it's like always um, the most documented in, in almost it's, it's literally, it's almost like, um, it's a shame to just say it's a shame every time. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's why, like, that's um. There's an action step. A, there's an action so, step getting missed or bypassed, and, and what that is is whether that's gun restriction and gun laws, and um, that that's a whole. And I don't actually think Lupe, not not to like, I'm not trying to like drag the conversation back to to Lupe, but like I do. Think- I, I was actually absolutely trying to do that because the thing <laughs> is, those people who are doing those like violent things while we were like, that's horrifying, like that's disgusting. There are people who would like to do that as well they think it's cool they think it is they're like they would like to do that they like the columbine shooters there's people who have like have tattoos of them um you see people on the internet all the time being like um being uh like just becoming more and more extreme some guy got shot because he was like talking to you he's like i'm gonna kill the president then i'm gonna kill biden because i hate him and i have guns and then the fbi rolled up and he's like oh they're here. But this is the and boldness. This is the boldness of Lupe Fiasco. And like especially, he, that guy thought it was cool. Yeah, but Lupe, Lupe is like willing to be like, he's like, he he's not drawing like he's not doing you know, in some ways he's not drawing like a false equivalency here. I, I don't even think he's going that far. He's just he's he's putting the things together and saying that like um he's just not willing to just take on uh he's willing to like look at his at the culture that of which he represents and ensure that they're being that their their flaws or their you know error in in way is being checked as well yes but, um yeah like very very much the uh 
he's willing to have the whole conversation is my point. And that like, yes. that's, that is carried out immediately in the first track of this album is like, he's well, that's, the that's, whole conversation. Not that's just one thing. That's, that's one thing too, that I kind of don't like about like dis like discourse in um, like today's society when it's just like one text um, against another text and then just like crop out that. Um, if you're willing to have a conversation or like an intellect, if you're willing to make an intellectual jump in a conversation, like continue to extrapolate on that. Like, don't just stop right there. Like start at one spot and be like, all right, if I feel like it's this way, like how would someone else feel? Like you always, like if you just stop right there and you're like, yep, that's how it is. Like, that's the end of it. Like, that's just not how life is. Like, you're not going to come up with the, uh, you're not going to come out with the the right answer. You're going to come to a uh, conclusion, but it's just going to you're you, why why fall flat when you can just keep pondering, you know what I mean? It's absolutely true. And like it's it's just a matter of of being willing to it's just it's just a matter of being willing to like not um in my opinion it's all about intention for me. Like like I think that that's that's unfortunately where we are because there was probably a time about 30 or 40, maybe 50 years ago where like political conversations or socio sociocultural conversations could be had and like good intentions or goodwill or good faith or whatever you want to call it could just be presumed. Um, unfortunately, like we've kind of, I think we've kind of devolved to like, where like, okay, just, just tell me that you're trying to get somewhere like productive and like, that's enough. Whereas like, I can actually think that, that is the dumbing down of culture in a way. Um, yeah, it's it's um, it's the extrapolation. Like the extrapolation you're talking about is actually harder to achieve because, like, I think people are unconsciously unconsciously sometimes have like a bad. It's not that they unconsciously have a bad intention. It's that they unconsciously are not considering their intention. They're not being like mindful of like the end place of of a conversation especially if it's in in like a state of disagreement like good luck yeah right? yeah it's really hard well, but once their mind changed but yeah so like that that intro i think is like um it, it's it's beautifully written obviously and it's also like it's very brash and it's very bold for a um very famous at this time lupe is pretty famous in 2007 very famous uh black artist in america to be willing to you know um point the finger at his own at his own culture in a way um you know uh the culture in which he came from because he can't he did come from the uh is it the west side of chicago or the south side uh west side west side of chicago that's right um where you know I, he grew up literally next door to a, a crack a crack house um so like being willing to look at his own culture and like see and, and i think of that this is a lot to do with like the influence of his father um not only take on social oppressions and um not only not, not only willing to take on like cultural problems that are kind of beyond his his upbringing but also in ensuring that that that's part of the story is being confronted as well um i also love that when she says you hear when she says freeze after the cops that like you know she like, well, rolling she, up the, and busting upside your head yeah but it's also like it's also the cool like yeah. oh because it's cool yeah yeah like like she puts em emphasis on freeze um as like the cool freeze the cool like like i think it's a like i don't know it's like a little bit of wordplay already just in that part like where she like em emph emphatically says the word freeze after the cop line um but then right. 
goes right into the the, the next line because the problem is we think it's cool freeze because we think the problem is cool um or because that is the problem we think it's cool and yeah um, you <laughs> check your also check your ingredients if, if you overdose on the cool you'll freeze oh no do you know what i mean yeah like you like like if you like think about like a heroin overdose or like someone like actually like uh yep yeah. dang i, I mean it's even... just it's all in there it's all it's all in there but uh all right let's sit, we'll, we'll dive into the next one the next song is called uh the next song on movie fiasco is the cool this one's called future obvious era i mean unless you've got something deep to to that you can extrapolate from this one um i'd love to hear it but i mean this one's pretty straightforward right oh yeah um this story is a uh, kind of uh kind of tragic um like behind the whole thing oh uh, wait a second wait a hold on a moment chili free yeah i, I actually knew that um ahead of time but i'm wondering like I mean, did he actually get caught with six kilograms of heroin? Because like that's probably not. No. Like, what, what was the story? How did he how did he become free? I guess you tell me the whole story. I don't know. I'm just looking at a uh, a, a tweet or a or an X. I don't know what it is anymore. <laughs> it's a a post from a uh, Lupe Fiasco. It just said chili free, or it said chill free. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, maybe it, I guess. I guess he is. Um, it's. I mean, the story is that he, uh, for the song, is that he was basically, um, he was, you know, he was, he was arrested and imprisoned for um, one Charles Patton. Charles Patton was, uh, you know, he was arrested. And he, he, was, he was given 44 years for uh, being caught with six uh, kilograms of heroin, um, assumed to be, you know, basically drug, drug charges. And it happened in 2007 when this album came out. So I think they just whipped this, they must have whipped this song together just in the in the meantime of like putting the album together but um well that's the thing if he what if it really was like lupe's in there too you know what i'm saying that dude was selling bass before he was pumping it yeah oh yeah well i think what the what the story the you know the what i'm getting from the story is that i think a lot of lupe's like early career was funded by uh by whatever chili was selling like whatever he was doing basically can we can we be real can i at least can i like i i agree that he has gotten better like with time there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of like a more uh, there's a lot more depth into like what he's doing now Mm -hmm. dude the old little baby fiasco is like crazy if you ask me i know i'm biased i don't even care that's like the uh I never even like sold drugs, but like, I was like, that's tough. I was like, for like everyone else, like talking about it, and like I actually believed it. And then like the whole stuff with Chili, I'm like, man, like I was like, this yeah, he might have had some. I mean, 
it's pretty it's pretty clear that if he wasn't directly involved he was at least like uh knew enough about it to yeah i mean he was he was probably i mean but listen like i'm sympathetic to a degree i don't love it i don't love it and i also don't love this song because like i don't know from my perspective if you're selling if you got six kilo, if you're selling heroin like you're part of the problem that lupe is like frustrated by and conflicted about like and I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a part of the story I don't know. I'm willing to I'm willing to be open minded enough that like I trust Lupe as an artist. That like I'm I'm sure this I'm sure uh, Chili meant a lot to him you know, as a person. But like from my perspective, it's like you can't also be. This is the part of the album where I'm just like I kind of fall off. It takes me out a little bit because I'm like if you're if you're gonna be this bold artist that's gonna you know confront some of the the problematic um, aspects of hip hop culture and the glamorization of like, if it's glamorization, a lot of it's just fucking art. Like let's, let's, let's not be, let's not be naive. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of rap culture is like just artistic expression of something in an extreme way. And if you grew up around yeah. drug dealers and such, and you happen to write music about it, that's because you grew up around it. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're involved in it. But I will say that like, if you're going to have, if you're going to take a bold stance against the aspects of culture in which you're like that's make that's making you morally conflicted or ethically uh compromised in some way you can't also be like yeah like i'm sure this dude meant a lot to him in some way like clearly but i also wonder like i don't know like i'm a little like not maybe super- that was maybe it's not like maybe, he was a great guy i mean so here, here's the thing right? maybe like if there wasn't a, any other option for like them to make it um what if like they just they really did uh put everything into lupe they're like we they're like you're legitimately as great as like you think you are and it's then, possible and if that's part of the story then that's part of the story and well, like and also here's what i was gonna say too like without like uh just being too much of a dork um one of my favorite quotes one of everyone's favorite quote uh any almost anyone who's played skyrim uh parthenax some dragon he's because it's like oh you got to kill the dragon all dragons are bad but uh he speak he, he says uh he goes what what is better to be born good or to overcome your evil nature through great effort mm, yeah what if he would so like imagine well, Lupe Fiesco just born perfect. that's what's so beautiful about that quote like in a perfect world yeah I, I, no i like that quote and i think it's i think that's actually like very wise it's got there's a it's in it's doused in wisdom but i just mean to say I just mean to say, like, man, I'll tell you what people make their own monster. People make their own monsters to make themselves feel feel worse, dude. There's always a bigger. There's always a bigger fish. There's always like a worse person. Um, of course, of course. I think. Um, I so I here's know. the that thing. Doesn't excuse like. Well, here, here's the thing. Like, if we're if we're being really hard on them, like a. We don't know what happened. What if Lupe was the one just pushing base, and then Chili's like, "You can't go out like this." We took one. Like, took, yeah, he took one. Point. Yeah, like we don't know what happened. No, we don't. We don't know the whole story, but I, I do know that he was like, "Listen, I can, I can base it. I can base my perception on like the facts and like you can base it on the base listen, on a on Sorry. a person, yeah, right." <laughs> Like, but on a personal level, like I, I'll, I'll just introduce this this like notion just for the sake of the of my. I'm trying to clear up my perspective in that, like, I work in uh, an extremely like perverse part of of Syracuse, New York, and I like I watch characters, like I watch the sim, like I know what characters are selling like 
copious amounts of like very very hard drugs like i i know who they are like i know them by face maybe not by name of course but like but like if i see them i know who they are and i know what they're responsible for and it's like that shit is extremely destructive man like and i don't mean that like it's obviously destructive on an individual level but i just mean like on a on a communal level like it's just well, then, uh, then uh, so extrapolate that extrapolate that to uh popular rap music now yeah, I mean, well, yeah. What's exactly, popular that's exactly to do? My point. That's a, what's popular? So it's, you know what I mean? Like, what? what's worse? The, uh, you know. The or action like, or honestly, the. Honestly, also, like, it's kind of, it's almost like a what came first, the chicken or the egg. Like, you're in a bad situation. Then you hear right. that it's not bad to do this. I know. And like, that's why, like, I just, like, I liked the direction that hip hop was going when it was starting to talk about more than. Well, what? Like, listen, that's why MF Doom is great, because he's not always just talking about social issues. Like, it's also like, I want to hear, like, and Lupe's great for this. Like, and, and a lot of this album is actually going to be about social issues. And it, but that's not all he's about. Like, he's not, I don't know. It's just like, I think hip hop could take a new, could take a different direction. Um, and it does. It's not to say it doesn't. It's a huge genre. And there are a ton of artists. I mean, there's hundreds and thousands of artists who are, are, writing music about things other than social and racial issues. Um, and, and about, and then, and then there are another hundred thousand artists who are not writing about, you know, drug dealing and inflicting like intense violence upon their like competitive counterparts. Um, but I, I just will say this song, this song strikes a chord with me. Cause I'm just like, it just doesn't belong here. It, it's just, the whole thing just feels weird. And it also feels like it genuinely feels forced into the album because for me, like, I want to hear this album go right into Go Go Gadget Flow. I was listening to it, like, I've heard this album so many times in the lead up to this, and it really does feel forced into the album. And I don't mean to say that just because I don't like the message. I just genuinely, like, just on a, form, a format level. Do you think it would have almost been better at, like, the end? Yes, yes. That's where it Like, as, like, a like a tribute well, like, to like like the everything. Outro it's the outro. Yeah. Track. That's just what it is. And, like, it, okay, dedicate the album to him, like... And I, I don't even know that I agree with that. I just, I think that the dude's like, I don't know, the dude's in prison for like selling heroin. I just can't like, I can't like, I can't, I can't speak to like a sympathetic level for that. If that's what he was doing. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the whole story, but um, I just, as a song, as a song and a piece of the album, it just, I feel like it, it either belongs at the end or not in at all. That's just my perspective. Um. But you know, that's me. That that's just my. That's my, that's how I feel about it. But uh, yeah, um, no, I can. That's a. That's 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 reasonable. And it, like, because when we're like looking at every single other like track, like tr- like track, like the weird. actual songs here, There's like nothing here. else like it. There's nothing else that's even remote. Every other song has like, um, and, like has a lot to say. This is just. This is what it is. It's literally just a song dedicated to a dear friend of his that's going that's going through. Uh, you, you know what though? Um, now that I think about it, um, are those two artists on any other part of the song or of the album? Gemstones and Sarah Green. Oh yeah, Gemstones and the Die. Um, Sarah Green. Oh, yeah, Gem- Gemini. Yeah, Gem. Yeah, I think he's Gemstones in this album though. Mm. But it, yeah, he was Gemini at, at the time. I think when it came out, uh, I don't think Sarah Green makes another appearance, although she was in the first album. Oh no, he's yeah, he was Gemini before this album, and he became Gemstones. But uh, no, Sarah Green is an Intruder alert as well, so um, they come back. But well, anyway, let's let's um let's circle. Might have just been might have been a guilty pleasure. Might have just been for him. Yeah, maybe it is. Um, 
It could be. It very well could be. But let's let's keep things moving. We got a lot to work with here. So next album, the next the third track on Lupe Fiasco is the pool. This is Go Go Get Got the winning city on my back, so I'm back on my grips like a bear skin rug. Put some land on the floor, blaming on the gold. Little rapper turned doctor because I'm very good. I can work, I can work anywhere in the world. You can ask my brother Hook. Don't concur that I'm searched with the words to the man up above. Thank you very much. That I got what I got, and I'm at where I'm at. Like an A in a circle, what I pay little. Look what they say when they see your G from the F to the F would be amazing. Rebels are they racing the circle like they racing the dribble? I'm racing the circle like I'm racing a horse. So I'm racing a horse. So they racing and placing, racing a cage. I'm racing a course. Course. That case in the court did not defer the dream. I am still a racing. Right, that was the little gadget flow. Errol, give me some initial thoughts on this one. This one, okay, we we're now we're in the thick of it, right? Let's do it. Oh yeah, finally, uh, finally jumping into it. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know, uh, I mean, obvious, uh, just the uh, reference to uh, uh, okay. to Inspector Gadget. For sure, obviously, yeah. Um, would. Would you say there's like any parallels to Inspector Gadget with like the uh not that um, I can really see. I just think the song is like basically dedicated to Chicago. Like the go 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 part is like obviously like that like that's an homage to like Chicago. Like it's but, the, so like know. yeah, no the yeah, that's I yeah, I would I would have to agree with that. The only thing like I could even like think of uh that uh would be with like the go go gadget flow is like uh uh, Inspector Gadget had like something for every situation. Sure. Like if something he'd just be like go go gadget like you know rocket skis, and then he would just like be out or like uh you know go go gadget this and be able to like you know do this this or that. I feel like uh if you got like the go go gadget flow, it's almost like uh what he's doing now. He's still able to like uh be uh he look he's still making songs and they are uh. I'd say a lot of this it's a uh, it's relevant like it's all like um um like I was saying earlier he's not like resting on his laurels it's a lot like a like a currently like stylized and it's a uh, I I think it's good but I also don't uh, listen to uh, too much uh, music anymore I've been trying to uh, to uh, head back to the uh, you know I, I have a lot of stuff that I got to catch up on a lot of old stuff. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's the thing about it. Like this is a product of 2007. I mean, it is what it is. I think I think the song is basically just him um he wanted to write a song that was dedicated to Chicago clearly. Um but I think most more so like he wanted to just just like it's like a warm-up track, right? It's like a warm-up track for for the rest of the album because it's like Yeah. It's not heavy on in terms of like the you know, the lyrical content, although it is fucking really good like the um uh, what is it? The bearskin rug line is great. Love got the wind, windy city on my back, so I'm back on my grizzle like a bearskin rug, like on my back, back on the <laughs> on my back, back like grizzle. Yeah, like on my grizzle, like like grizzly, right? So you got like the bear line, and then you got that is on his back, like like a bearskin rug, um, which would be under his feet. Like it's it's just like that that works, that works, and there's a bunch of that going on throughout the whole track. Um, I just think that it, I think I. <laughs> I think the song was literally like the fact that this it this could be considered a warm up track for someone like like <laughs> this is someone's like peak lyricism right like yes uh, uh, so like this would be, like I don't I don't think I could do anything like this I'm like oh I want to like be like a 
I want to make like a song or something like that. And like, this is just, it's almost like him playing around. Like, it's like a warm, like you said, a warm, it's like a cheer. Right. Yeah. Like, he's just, he's having fun. Yeah. It's just, it's a fun track. It's like, it's like, I'm going to, I've got like bars. He's got like a good chunk of bars um, that are like, they're not like, they're not like crazy. Like I love my mama and the ramen that she raised me off an eighties baby on fire. Like the safety off. Like, so like, even like, like yeah, like uh, the verse two, he was like, um, uh, love the windy or, uh, love got the windy city on my back. So I'm back like a bearskin rug. And he's like, plus I'm laying, plus I'm lay laying on the flow. So like, you know, he's laying on the flow, but his back is like a bearskin bear rug because oh. he's laying on it. But like, that's like how I would, like, when do you stop? Like, at what point is, uh, like, when I ask myself, and then he just doesn't, he just keeps, uh, he keeps goofing around. He's, uh, he's gonna race in a circle, like, he's racing a gerbil, which gerbils, they only, like, run in, like, the little spherical balls. Um, yeah, but he's he says, like, well, there's also, like, he'll concur that I'm serious with my words. I'm serious with the words to the man up above. Thank you very much. Like, he's playing, like, concur, like, the word concur is, like, the Quran um yeah like this is this by the way i will mention that as we're cutting through this we're using a lot of we're going to use rap genius quite a bit but i'm telling you folks uh rap if you're looking to learn what lupe fiasco has got to say about something rap genius will only get you so far so we're going to do some self it's not going to help yeah we're going to use rap genius somewhat because it does get you started but like we're going to also have to use our um our own interpretations because he he's he's multi-layered um but yeah, like that line there, uh, of course, the case in the court did not defer the dream. I am still a raisin in the sun raging against the machine. Love that lyricism, obviously. Um, raisin in the sun, uh, that, that place in Chi-Town, I guess that's a that's a play, I guess. Um, oh. Rage Against the Machine, Conscious Rap Metal Band. Um, finally, the case. And it's obviously another reference to, to Chile. Because he's saying like the court case did not defer the dream. Oh yeah. So he's clearly talking about that. Um, but uh, let me see. There was another one. There was another, one more lyric I wanted to hit before we move on. Uh, um, I got one in this one too. It was in the. Uh, it was in the third. So like he's like, uh, like hey hey I'm the boss, Rocka Junior Wantanabe Lacoste. Junior Wantanabe is yeah, it's just a uh, I believe it's a like a it might, I think it might be a fashion designer. I don't know. I'm not that. You think well, it's Lacoste? Yeah, it's Lacoste. Lacoste is a fashion is a French. I think it's like a it's a French. Um, well, let me look it up. It's it's either French or like uh, summer European. It's yeah, Lacoste is French. Lacoste is French, but like I think uh, hold on, we'll just look it up and say so. Like no, he just it's a, it's a it's a it's, it's a Japanese, it's a, it's a collab, right? Yeah, so it's a it's a Junior Wantanabe lacrosse cross is what he's right, rocking. So, yeah, so it's a yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's Beyond clean and phantom jeans and ghost jeans, so oh shit. Yeah, so like he's actually he actually references this in like another another. It's another. Japanese Levi's, so he knew about he's Japanese denim, dude. So <laughs> there is a Japanese no. So here's the thing: there is yeah. a Japanese or there's a just a denim. Uh, I don't want to say like an epidemic, but like you can't go to a a, a Goodwill and find denim because uh, people are just 
the the repurposing it. The, yeah, they're just buying it, and they're just either selling it. They're like, oh, I got actual like like genuine denim. Um, and if you have something, you could sell it to Japan, and they're like repurposing it. So this dude just been on Japanese denim for like a while now. Before it was cool, like now it's like a thing. Like um, people are like, oh, I guess like that's what all the famous people are doing. But yeah, so the Phenom jeans are a Japanese line of Levi's. So that's good jeans. The next little nice. little, little rap Isaac Asimov, dude. If anyone was here for the gun violence. It's gonna. It'd be rough if you're here for the Isaac Asimov too, um, like it, and if you are, then like that is like he was a uh, he was a writer, uh, in like the nineteen like fifties I think. Uh, oh, I robot I'm seeing here. He's yeah, he's yeah. Um, but like he just wrote about like intergalactic travel to the point like where he was just like theorizing about how like the future would be. Oh um, yeah, he's like one he of the Arthur about... C. Clarke guys. Like he's one of the, like he it looks like he was like in up the era of that like um of those like science fiction writers of the early century. Right, dude was talking about like Dyson spheres. Like if you want to like um get like power, you can just like build like mirrors around the sun and then like harness the stuff from that and then like use that to power like a like a like a stage or what is it yeah like a like a tier four gal or uh civilization or something like i don't know it's but like he's he basically like, just compared himself to like oh he was also hold on i'm reading right here so this actually this also might tie in a little bit um he he wrote he wrote about gadgets about science fiction gadgets like this was oh. like his writing and that's what he's doing now. The go-go yeah, so he was like, got it because yeah, that's what it is. It was like he actually wrote like the early laws of robotics and like different little gadgets. Wow, this dude is so fucking smart. Like, you have to like yeah, see, really read about it. what one that's one throwaway line. Unless you know about uh, Amazon, you're not going to know what he's talking about there. But right. That was here's the thing. I didn't even come to that conclusion. I had to throw you a rope. Yeah, and then we you're just like, dude, he's talking about you're like, wait, he's uh he's Inspector Gadget. He's a he is a robot. Yeah, well, like literally that's that's so he's saying what he's saying. Oh, just like, skimming, like that's all it is, is just skimming what one reference to one person, and you have to skim an entire Wikipedia article just to find out what the person's about. And it and Amazon was once again, this is how like I mean, a more a more well-learned person who knows about uh, Isaac Amazon, Asimov. I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing his name, but like, you would have to know his history and what his writings about Asimov's writing to know that he's like he's proficient in writing about like robotics and the laws of robotics, and um, like know that he's about the gadgets to even get this reference. Even right. some uh, his uh, foundation trilogy won the Hugo Award. In 1966, for best science fiction series of all time. Okay, so this is this is this is what I mean. Is like this dude is this dude is to call him not dumb is like just like an insult. I don't. Well, even... he, that's why there's a reason why he's hanging out at MIT right now under that grant. Yeah, like, well, I mean, it's just it's just absurd. It's just absurd. This is one. That's one line in one song. So we got to move on to the next one. So listen, we're gonna play. Uh, this next song is very important in my opinion. I think it's one of the more important tracks on the album. So we're going to do a little bit of an extended sample for it. So um, sit back, enjoy this. That was Go Go Gadget Flow, num- track number three. Uh, we're going to start pushing a pace because this is going to wind up being a five-hour episode. But we're <laughs> we're going to get into the next one here. We're, we're rolling right into the next one. This next one uh, from Lupe Fiasco's The Pool, this track is called 
the coolest. Lord, please have sympathy and forgive my cool young history as the coolest nigga what, the coolest nigga what, the coolest nigga what, the coolest nigga what. I love the law, but sometimes it's like that I love me more. I love the peace and I love the war. I love the seas and I love the shore. No love for no beach, baby, that's law. But she doesn't see, therefore I spar. I trick, I fall, run up and raw. I love her with all my heart. Every vein, every vessel, every bullet large. With every flower that I ever took apart. She said that she would give me greatness, status, place, okay. and above the others. I mean, so we're, we're this is one of the more direct references to uh, Michael Young history um, in the album. So this is where he's reintroduced. It's almost, I, I, Errol, you tell me what this, you think. It's kind of the sequel, right? It's the sequel to the cool. Um, yeah. Or no, it'd be yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be it'd be before it because this is a like it's a, like a soliloquy by. Michael Young history. It's him talking about like how he's feeling at the time, like right before, right before he gets poisoned. Right. Yes. Yes. This is this like, is kind of my perception too. It's like directly before like the fall. Oh my God! He says that in there. Holy wait. Okay, we're, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. He does. He does. Um. Okay. Um. I so. Verse one, I love the Lord, but sometimes it's like that I love me more. Um, that's just an old testament proverb that pride cometh before a fall. Right. Um I love the peace and I love the war. I love the seas and I love the shore. I love that lyric. Like just without 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 the meta analyzing yeah. it, without yeah. meta analyzing it, I, I love imagery. that. That is like my favorite. Yeah, exactly. Like this that is my my fa- almost my favorite like lyric in the whole thing. And then when you meta analyze it, um, like from like uh, Michael Young, I love the peace and I love the war. Like he's got his he's got that thing on him. Yeah. Like he loves the peace and he loves the war, but also like, like peace, it's he's just, talking about peace. Like P, it's both both references. Yeah, like my side piece. Like I love the peace and P-I-E-C-E. I love the war. I love the seas. I love the crips. Hmm. Ooh, okay, yeah, yeah, or yeah. The, or cocaine. Yes, well, yeah, or cocaine, and uh, so like I love to see. I don't know how Shore would be in like a relationship to uh, uh, to the like uh, to the uh, Crips, but I always took that like I love the season, I love the Shore, but then also in uh, Rap Genius they do have something like a I love the uh, like seas, like the yeses, and I love the shores. Yeah, so I love, I the love yes to, like the. Sure. The I yes love her to, yeah, to like she's, everything. She's always just uh, enabling enabling him, like no matter what. Like she's it's just like always... a hedonistic, right? Like it's like yeah. the, it's the yes to all. It's the it's, yeah. And I love the C's, the S I in Spanish, the the yeah. C's and the shirt. If and if there was any confusion, like he's uh he's talking about the streets right now, like his relationship with the streets. 100%. Um, 
he um at this moment he uh has a uh he has a child with someone else i believe and um but he's like i this is what i'm being presented right now i'm being presented um like the life of like lavishness so um i love the peace i love the war i love the seas i love the shore no love for no beach baby that's law um she doesn't see therefore i spoil Um, yeah like also could be heard as she doesn't seed therefore i soil yeah so that's what that's what uh it's actually got multiple on on uh, rap genius uh there's also she doesn't seed therefore i spawn so like because and that's the other i, I want to mention this before we continue on the song is like that is also so, like a thing about uh chicago rap artists is that they have like these very unique ways of of pronunciation or enunciation that like really play perfectly into like the multiple layered interpretations of like what they say of their lyrics yes like Kanye's and just um and just uh their the willingness to just use like um use like uh 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 just like slang like the having such a command of the english language where they're willing to like w- like not willing but like able to well, it's such a snoop dog. make a word it's a snoop like, dog influence because snoop dog has been doing this forever where he'll just literally pronounce a word incorrectly but like you know what he's saying and there's something like no pun intended cool about it when he like he'll pronounce it wrong, but it, to make it fit the lyric or fit the measure, and there's and you're just like damn, like I know exactly what you mean, and like Balupe takes it to the next level where he actually he'll he'll mispronounce it intentionally so that it means three things instead of two. Mm-hmm. That's um, a different. That's a different intention, right? So I I took this as um I don't think this one's on uh. No, it is on Rap Genius. Uh, so, like, yeah, the first uh, meaning, like, but she, like, I love, no, he's like, I don't love any woman. Like, that is my law. But she doesn't, like, acknowledge that. So, like, I'll spoil her because she doesn't, like, drag me down for that. Um, but then, yeah, you can also take, but she doesn't seed because she's, uh, like, she's barren. Like, uh, and, like, the streets would be, like, just barren. Uh, therefore, I uh, spawn, like you said. Um or uh but she doesn't see therefore i sprawl oh which is like you know sprawling and then he goes uh i trick i fall run up and brawl but or i trip i fall run up and so if he but she doesn't see therefore i sprawl i trip i fall yeah and then because he also says like just a few bars down he's like uh, she teach me how to fly, even cushion my fall. If my engine's ever stall and I plummet from the sky, but she will keep me high. And if I ever die, she would commission monuments on her bosom to him. To him. So you want to know what's crazy? Retire. Well, here's your, this is like your favorite lyric. I, I know you love this one. Or maybe she'd retire as well. A match made in heaven set the fires in hell and I'll be the coolest. So um, you say that uh, the game or sorry, the, uh, the, the streets will teach him how to fly, right? We're going to go back to that lyric that we were talking about. I trip, I foil, run up and roar. So I trip. So he trips, right? I foil, puts his hands out and foils. Right. Like an airplane thing. 
runs up, takes off, and then roars like a dragon. She taught him how to fly or like a bird. Yeah, yeah. I trip, I I foil. So he's like, oh, I I tripped. Oh, oop, I I just foil, run up and roar. Like, you know, he can't catch him tripping just because he's a beast. Like, he's like, see, the streets taught him how to fly. Yeah, Um, Yeah, it's it's like a dragon. Yeah, I see. Yeah. So that I think that is like the biggest stretch, but that's like my favorite interpretation of it. Um, But then also uh, you could see it as just the basic, like, I trick, I fall, run up and raw. So he's tricking with a girl. He falls down. And as he says, like, uh, in the beginning, like, uh, or alluded to in the beginning that uh, uh, he loves the Lord, but sometimes uh, he loves himself more. And there's a, uh, you know, there's the uh, pride cometh before the fall. But then he, so he, he tricks and then he falls and then he runs up and raw. So he's just having sex with this. Uh, he's having sex with the with the uh, with the game, streets. or sorry, with the. I keep saying the. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, with the streets because um, she's uh, she doesn't seed. He doesn't need to worry about a kid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. I never heard this like so. It's also it's tying almost to a little bit of the hedonism thing I was saying before because it's like. Um, he also says this, this is what like, God, this is a, like, I never caught this before, but a rap genius brought this one to me. So like, he says a match made in heaven, set the, set the fires in hell. Yeah. But it's also a match made in heaven, set the fires in hell. <gasps> oh no. See? Yeah. Like, like this is more hedonism. Like, like like drug use like crack use whatever it is um, and he does say inhale he also says three two lines before that but she will keep me high and if yes. i die she would commission monuments unto her bosoms to him or maybe she'd retire as well a match made in heaven set the fires inhale also dragon right yes so this is all <laughs> it's all there it's all there but it's also like this is like the beautiful so, part of his of his writing is that it's it's so um I I was going to say something earlier and I don't think I alluded to it. Um he talks about flowers and a lot of his stuff and like that led me to like look into I know I'm missing a bunch of flowers there. I have to be now because I didn't realize this until like yesterday. Um because you know there's a like a flowerography. Like they mean stuff. Always. Like you know yeah. like you suddenly well, exactly like everything they're, means they're some specific, colors mean stuff. Like, I was going to say their colors communicate with humans who interpret like what what flat what because there's medicinal purpose there's medicinal use in some and like some are poisonous and like they're supposed to like like the colorful ones are actually supposed to provide some kind of like not nutrition but like there's usually some kind of pollen that's good for like right and or whatever it is and Native Americans have used them for thousands of years and like but like there's a reason for that. Some of them are trickery though. Right. So um, what he says is uh, like uh, after he's like, uh, I loved her with all my heart, every vein, every vessel, every bullet lodge um, with every. Oh, I'm stupid. He says with every flower that I ever took apart. So it's just, of course, she loves me. She loves me not. Right. You can you can you can look past the flower like you can. almost. I missed it until like earlier today. Um, She said she would give me great or greatness status. Um. A status is a flower. It's a lavender, like a lavender flower. Oh, you're right. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. All right. So she gives, 
she gives him a status and then he goes she loves me she loves me not she loves me she loves you not she loves me and then they look down her eyes glow green with the logo well okay before i get there uh um she said she would give me uh uh she would give me greatest status placement above the others the it's lavender it's purple the color of royalty Right, so like because he would give me like make me obviously more. the double meaning of like being status like yes in the actual and then the placement like you would be royalty as in like the purple of the of the flower so they then they go uh you know she loves me she loves me not she loves me she loves me not she loves me um her eyes glow green in the logo of our dreams they took all of the flower petals off of it so all they see is the stems it's just green. Oh yeah, so it's literally just the stem. Yeah, her. Um, so like he he looks at her and he's like, she loves me, and then her eyes go green with the logo of our dream. She just sees the dollar sign, like in the like it's just like the green reflecting, and it's just like money. And then she's like, "Yep, I'll give you everything." Wow. Okay, so that's that's all in there. So like, all right, let's let's zoom out a little bit. So like. The song is obviously a grappling with like his his relationship with the streets, like and, and like the feministic character that he's like attached to it, right? So that being the case, like, I mean, he's obviously it's, it's mostly all wordplay, like, but there's 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 so much religion in this song too. By the way, like it starts it starts with the uh, I love the Lord. Well, it's also like the closing, the closing line there. Here, let's read the closing verse. Come, these are the tales of the cool guaranteed to go and make you fail from your school and seek unholy grails like a fool and hang with the players of the pool. Fast talking on the hustle. No heaven up above you. No hell underneath ye, and no one will receive these. So shed no tear when we're not here and keep your faith as we chase the cool. So like. It's it's a bit agnostic in a lot of ways. Like um, the Holy Grail is the legendary chalice, right? We all know this. Uh, Michael Haver seeks unholy grails, money, hookers, drugs, the cool stuff. So like the and the hang with the players of the pool. Yeah, that's a it's a poem. I see this. Yeah, we 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 real cool. The pool players seven at the golden shovel. We real cool. We left school. We lurk late. We strike straight. We sing sin, we thin gin, we jazz June and die soon. Jesus, like We're real cool. who's getting that we poem? School, we lake lurk, we strike straight. We who's sing, getting that poem? Sin, who the fuck, who the fuck knows gin. that poem, dude? Not me. <laughs> no one we does. Jazz June, we die soon. Yeah, so you're gonna hang out with the guys who are gonna thin gin and then leave school, and then that's what he says. Going guaranteed to go and make you fail from your school. This is like the Holy Grails. It's just uh, is, you're going. I think this is the most potent example in the song of his of his struggle, like his his conflict with, um, with the like with the glamours of being um, important in the streets or in the projects or in like the West Side of Chicago. Like this is this is where the conflict is really like in, intellectualized and intellectualized is like almost fucking un- that's under that's under. Oh yeah. So um. The thing that got like um it's like uh he goes uh with like the Katrina like heavy in the uh in the in the third verse uh like in the beginning he's like uh the Trinity the you know the 
well, the Trinity, going back to the Bible there, her, her and I, Cain. Um, I, Cain, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you could say, you could say, like, kind of clear, but well, yeah, so it's either. Cain has uh, got to be cocaine, right? He's referring to cocaine. Yes, and then also the rain, her, her and I, Cain, her, hurricane. Um, so it's the oh, beginning of yeah. his reign, the Trinity, hurricane. I mean, he um, says the word. It's literally the word. Yeah. No weatherman can ever stand when her and I came. Yeah. Uh, uh, hella hard umbrella, whatever, put plywood over pelopanes. And that's just like, you know, when a hur- hurricane comes it's in, you're just going to right. Yep. And pray um, to God the flood subside because you're going to need a sub until he does reply and not one of Jared's, like, the subway guy. Um, you think it's all arid. Right. Um, which is like, you know, nice. So it's like a, he knows he's like going to cause like a biblical rain, like just to flood everything. And like, you know, it's kind of crazy. It's almost, uh, he's like saying like the hurricanes are like the floods, like to like, you know, it's going to come and like wash everything away. Right. Yeah. Like, well, so, and it's like, you're gonna, like you're, there's a commentary in rap genius. And I, I, this one I actually picked up on before I read it on rap genius. And I was like, when I read it on rap genius, I was like, Nice. I like, I got one. Like, you ever get that feeling with Lupe songs where you're just like, oh, I think he means, I think he's doing this on purpose. And then you no, get it certified. So it feels half, half the time I get that, but the other half, I'm like, this person just doesn't know what they're talking about. I was like, there's just, you're just like, as dumb it. as me. Yeah. It was like, you know, like, I know what's going on. <laughs> you're, you're just as dumb as, you're me. Dumb as I am. No, no, no. You're that a little bit dumber than me because you actually publicized your dumb. Yeah, you thought that was it? You just, you're sure of that? Well, no, but I think this one nails it for this song because, like, this is what my interpretation was is like, he's his commentary on, like, uh, on rap music um, by, like, having, like, a really repetitive uh, chorus where he's just the coolest N word, what? The coolest N what? The coolest N what? Like over and over again, repetitively is like, um, I think that's a commentary about like, about uh, like, I, I I heard that and I'm not, I'm going to not like quote rap genius. I'm just going to give my interpretation, which is similar to the rap genius one or whoever the, one of the contributors to rap genius in that, like, like he was just like, like, like if this gets on the radio, like you're all dumb. Like, like I know how to I know how to get on the radio. Like to me, it was just like he knows how to become a mainstream hip hop artist, and it's just to be really repetitive and catchy. And like the song will get in your head, like, but you don't want it to be. There's something about like that, like that chorus. It's like not a good chorus intentionally. Like it's it's it's, a- it's memorable, but it's not it's not catchy or like um, endearing. In so. Any way. I'd, like I would almost say that, except for like the, literally just for the double entendre of really like, the forgive, uh, my cool young history. Like this, this song. I'm talking about seen. minus that. That that's obviously yeah. that's clever writing. But like he says, the coolest and what the coolest and what. Like well, oh, so here's the thing. That's the part that's repetitive. But that's a uh, he's a. Uh, he's a uh, he's like pleading with God. He's like uh, forgive me for that. He's like I'm just that. I'm just the coolest. I'm not saying it doesn't mean anything. I'm just, I'm, I'm saying it because once again, it, it means multiple things, but I think the repetition of it over and over is a, is a symbolism of like, look, that's, that's all people. No, like, yeah. Like that's all people are worried about. Yeah. It's just like, it's can like I just remember like, this. Can I remember this is make this easy for me to remember, make music easy for me. Mm-hmm. But, um, all um, right, so let's, let's move into the next. I know this one's wait, full. No, okay, I, need, not, I need, I need right, one just more. one more. Yeah, uh, so 
Trinity, her and I came. No other weatherman could never stand when her and I came. So just like, you know, they're having sex in Hurricane, her and I came. Propellopanes. Um, he says, uh, 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 after he talks about the subs, he's like, in every Tang's Irie, another supply that means another July of my endless summer. Um, he's just raining the whole time. He just keeps raining. You think it's not going to happen. It's just hot and it just keeps raining. That was the that was just the eye of the Unger. Um Unger Felix uh he was uh in some show and he was a uh he was just a like, clean freak. Yeah, the eye yeah. it's a cleaning product, right? Okay. I'm yeah, and he was just a cleaning freak. So the hurricane comes in with the water, he's like, it's going to clean everything up, it's gonna wash everything away. Um and he goes, because he is the cleanest uh, hurricane, his hurricane, Hurricane Unger, Felix, is the cleanest amongst the younger, ups, um, outstanding, um, achieving up-and-comers. The hurricanes are getting worse and worse and worse as like time goes on because of like global warming. But like they will hail in, they're not going to hail in comparison to like uh, Michael Young History's Unger hurricane when he just like Everything just goes down, um, but yeah, well, that's pretty uh, enraptured. Is that like, like I didn't actually know this, but this, this, the story of Michael Young history actually dates all the way back to the previous album in He Say She Say. So yeah. I fucking knew that. I didn't know that, that he was referring to the same character because that song is, by the way, like I mean that's a separate episode because we'll we'll do food and liquor at one point. We have to, um, but like that song is like I'd listen. To, I'm I'm not trying to be like corny or whatever and it's gonna sound corny but like that song made me like literally tear up today like that song makes me that song would i was gonna say you know it's funny i was gonna say that song could make me tear up right now if i listen to it it is it is it makes me so sad it just makes you know what's you know what's really cool too at the end of it at the end of it he does have like a tribute he was uh, he's like uh absent uh like uh, absent fathers like uh may have like a like correlation to like uh you know, gang violence and like stuff like that. Like, dude, it's it's terrible, man. It's it's awful, dude. I was the classroom starter before I stopped caring, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that. I mean, the personalization of it, like, even if, like, even if you experienced, because you probably experienced it firsthand, unfortunately. But like, there, like, everyone has experienced it with a classmate at least. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's people that are just attached to that. To that and like you don't even have to have it like if you're if you have an em, em, you know an empathetic bone or a sympathetic bone in your body you can't hear that song and not like feel something dude yeah. it's so it's it's cool too man it's it's chill it's like just like so is the coolest and listen folks i i know like i just want to preface this before we move on to the next track this is like this song is there's we're not hitting everything we're just hitting what we can and then we're moving on and i this will probably have to do um, the literal last thing i'll leave with just because it's easy is the uh you know when he says like yeah like uh uh my new lady gave me a mercedes and a necklace with a solid gold key that's the necklace on the album it's the flaming oh, necklace flaming with necklace. a solid gold key, like the starter of a yeah, car. He's literally talking about it, like or the opener of a door, or two pounds of raw. They're all keys, like a you know key, a key, a, key of raw, a key for the door, or a key of uh, beautiful the car. Yeah, but uh, dude, but this is he's talking to his uh, he's talking to his dishonored baby mama, who's the daughter 
or who's the mama to a daughter that he fathered from afar. This whole song is to her. He's like, this is what this lady is giving me. He was like, she is giving me all of this. Like she is literally giving me like Pandora's box and she gave me a Mercedes. Like, and then you gave me a baby. What about lately? Then ha 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 right up in her face. G. He just, so he lead like just another single father too. You remember how we're just crying about like, uh, the one thing is that easy. You give me the you're gonna give me the, like the diamonds, like everything. You can't have a baby. Um, all this the I'm parents, gonna be famous. Yep. I'm leaving that kid. Well, I just actually noticed this too. So I want to clear something up about the story here because, like, clearly this. The, okay, so let's zoom out really quick and we'll wrap this song up. But the the song is clearly like the struggle of Michael Young history's struggle with like um the streets slash what's cool and what's like like all of these social you know social it's a socio-cultural commentary obviously right we, we've discussed a lot of this but there's one thing i wanted to note that we we said before that this could be considered like a a, a prerequisite or a prequel to the song the cool do you know why it's not or maybe why it is there's the sound of the opening of a fucking tomb at the beginning you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. What's that? Remember the sound? Like you hear it. It sounds like the, it sounds like a the top of a grave being removed. That's oh my god! Yeah, that's so exactly what it is. But it's so like like um, it, it it's is a perpetuation a of the cycle. I think it's a continuation of the cool. I think it's literally yeah. the coolest is the sequel. I think it's a no. It is a prequel. This is saying it's a prequel somehow. But I don't understand. Yes. I, I believe it's. I believe it's before he's rotting. Because here's the thing too. He does make a reference to where um, um. Okay. Uh, he says, "Uh, I trick, I fall, run up and raw." Um, I think that's where he loses his right hand. How? Like he, because that's where he fell. Like he fell from righteousness. He tricked. Oh, right. Right, right, he right, tricked right, right. and he okay. fell from righteousness. Then he yeah. ran up in raw because his hand was just raw. Like he didn't. Mm. Like it was. Like well, that's he, where he, he, that's is that this mm. is pretty cool. But like I, I don't know that. Like, is that substantiated? I don't know. No, it's not. I'm not a rap genius, of course. They don't know anything. Oh yeah. They know like six things. They know they know enough to like get you started in the right direction. But so like yeah, he um I think like when he says I I trick I fall like he it's either like he um he he's tricking like everyone and then that's his fall from grace and then he ran up and raw that's where he loses his hand. But then there's also like a I said like two of them already with like the dragon and then like the basic like he's just tricking and then like running up and raw. But then there's also like say he uh. He he tricked someone and then he foiled them and then he ran up in raw like he just right he stole from someone he he tricked he foiled he ran up in raw but like I think that's I think the biggest takeaway from that in the story of Michael Young history is that when he tricked he fell from from righteousness and then he had to run up in raw but he still loved her with everything else he had. Right, but I would say, but not that, his righteousness. He didn't love her with righteousness. He but can we explain the to- like the sound of the tomb opening? It sounds like it's opening to me, but maybe it's the sound of it closing. I it could be either. It could be either one. But like, I don't. If it's a prequel, then it, looks- <gasps> it is him dying. He's like, forgive me, forgive my cool young history. Yeah, he's like, I that is his. I think this is the death. This is his perils. Other than so the die. I would almost place die it with, lead, so the, the die, die would go the right coolest, before this. Cool. 
So it goes the die. Yes, the, the die, the coolest, the cool is how. That, yeah, I think you're right. I think and this right. is like him. This is him wrapping up on his life, and he's like, "I'm sorry for all that." Like I, I, she, she promised me this. This is why I did it. He's coming to terms with like the the his baby mama, yeah, and he's like, "I'm sorry, but I'm dead." He's like, "I'm forgiving." Well, the, outro, he, the last thing he says is the cool. As you keep your uh, so uh, come, these are the tales of the cool, guaranteed to make you fail from your school and seek unholy grails like a fool and hang with the players of the pool, fast talking on the hustle, no heaven up above you, no hell underneath you. No yeah, it you. is because he's now he's in purgatory, right? He's in purgatory, exactly, right now. And so shed no tears. Closes the whole song with the the last track, the last uh, lyrics of the song are the cool. So it leads, and then the, he and then he yells he's cool. He's like cool, like listen to the cool. So that means it's actually the sound of the tomb closing, and then uh, not open. he, and then he he it wasn't closed all the way because he was able to kick it open and then come unless back but unless 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 he's insinuating like the perpetuation of like the cyclic intergenerational. So you know you know why that links to it too because the biblical stuff it's the tomb of Jesus closing and then it comes up three days later. Oh, could be yeah, could be. That could be what he's moving. Well, it's, it, well, any any story of resurrection is just that. It's like it's pretty much just the story of Jesus Christ, like bursting, yeah, bursting out of. The, right. Yeah, and that's why he comes out of the tomb. He like you know dusts himself off, and then he's uh he he would be a prophet. He's like he just wants to you know he he's when he comes out in the cool, he's not he he doesn't care about wealth. He doesn't care about anything like that. Still, just gets gunned down. Right. All right, well let's let's move into the next one. We we absolutely have to. This th- I mean that song, Jesus Christ. We, listen, um, we're gonna jump into the next one. Um, we're gonna let it play for a minute, and then we're uh, so we'll do about a minute of the next track. Let's introduce the next track. The next one on Lupe Fiasco's cool. This is track number five. Is going to be um, this is Superstar featuring Matthew Santos. If you are what you say you are A superstar Then have no fear The camera's here And the microphones And they wanna know If you are what you say you are A superstar Then have no fear Fresh, cool, young Lou Trying to cash his microphone Check 212 Wanna believe my own hype But it's too untrue The world brought me to my knees What if you brought you? Did you improve on the design? Did you do something new? Where your name in on the guest list? Who brought you? You, the more famous person You come through And the sexy lady next to you You come too And then the hitman Standing outside of heaven Waiting for God to come and get me I'm too uncool Unschooled to the rules And too gumshoe Too much of a newcomer And too uncool Like shadowing the veil. I battle with it well, though I need a holiday like lady who sung blue Go back, whatever you did, you undo Heavy as heaven, the devil on my two tons too If you are what you say you are A superstar Then have no fear The camera's here And the microphones And they wanna You better wear your shades. The spotlights here can burn holes through the stage. Down through the basement. 
Okay, that was Superstar. That's probably the biggest. What do you think, Errol? That's the biggest hit on the album, right? For sure. That's like the that's the hit. In terms of at least like, um, I would say yeah, definitely technically and like the most known. Yeah, it's a fucking dope song too. I don't even care. It's a dope song. That's a dope song. I know it's like the most like radio commercial hit um on the album but it's uh it, I, I love it still i still love dude it. it's a it's a it's a dope song before you before you even put in michael right yeah 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 it's like it's like before you introduce him to the to like the con the the lyrical content like it's 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 fantastic um but yeah so like I mean, what the song is obviously about is like, so once again, we have our tortured artist, our conflicted artist of Lupe Fiasco. And he's like, clearly, he's just always conflicted. This dude is just so, he's so smart and he's so like stricken by life and by like, um, it's so interesting. He's such an iconic figure in this way. Like an iconic is like maybe a strong word yet because he's he's still like 41 years old and like this, this stuff's not too old, but like, he really is like a product of he's done the best job as I can see it from an artistic standpoint of like really trying to interpret his place as an African-American in America today and trying to understand and trying to understand his place in the world. Like I've never heard an artist really just take that on in such an honest way. Um, And this, this album or this song specifically is just like, now he's dealing with fame, right? I mean, this is clearly what the song is about. The song is like ironically about superstardom and like how like what a like <laughs> what a curse it actually is, and also why why like many of his cohorts like covet it. Well, that and um, that and he's just waiting at heaven's gates. Mm. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. That's like the opening. Isn't that the opening lyric? Or no, well, opening lyric. Where is that? In the, the, I'm sorry. Where is that in the song? Where is it? No, I think it's just a metaphor for it. Um, he's like, well, actually, there is a lyric. What am I talking about? He goes, and then it hit me, standing outside of heaven, waiting for God to come and get me. I'm too uncouth. Um, like he after he's like the. Uh, the sexy lady next to you, you come too. And he's like, and then it hit me, but he's like outside of heaven. He's like, Oh, like, I'm not, I'm, I might not get let in here. He's like, this is, <laughs> he's like, yo, what am I going to do? Um, so, uh, after all that, uh, he's just like, you know, just like, take me away. Um, uh, like, well, like, Oh yeah, I'll go to like first two. He's like, uh, you better wear your shades. Uh, spotlights here can burn holes through the stage so like at this point he's like oh i might not get accepted into heaven and then it's like you better wear your shade because <laughs> like if you're not going to heaven man you might go to hell the spotlights <laughs> yeah, here can burn holes through the stage burn down through the basement past the indian That's graves, indian graves so you're going where the dinosaurs laid and then out through china barely misses Carolina. he he was like i'm going to hell and then phew, he was like he kept going <laughs> And he's like, what the heck is going on here? Why have I not? Why is this not? Like, I feel like we've actually this. So this is one of those moments that was inevitable in the podcast where you and I talked about this in like high school. And I, I, 
I do. No, no, I promise I haven't. No, I haven't like come to this conclusion like outside of like the last couple of days. I don't know that I have at any point. Here's the thing I liked all the other songs, and I was like, I I didn't look into this song because I was like, it's too popular. Everyone likes it. It's so stupid. It can't be deep. And it was like, wait, it's literally like made it's him in purgatory. It's Michael Young history in purgatory. So he's, like, yeah, he's shooting down through everything. He's like, oh, no, I'm not in heaven. Oh, boom. Goes down, burns past everything, shoots out the other side, nearly misses airline or air, nearly misses airlines. Um, uh, and then he ricochets off the moon and comes back because he's hot and then just sets the forest ablaze. And then he goes, uh, now that's important to say because even with all of that, most of us don't want it to fade. The forest. Yeah. Like, they don't want it. Like, you know, he just came back and lived on to fire, but they we wanted, wanted to overgrow. Like, grow yeah, we wanted to grow, growth. which means we wanted to stay. Yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, I fucked up the forest, which is kind of cool or whatever, but he's like, it's, uh, you know, it'd be cooler if it was, um, if I didn't just, like, you know, go to hell, it'd be cool if I, like, stayed and I, like, grew, and I grew and, uh, like, you know, became like a better person, but sometimes you just die, you don't become a better person. You can try to, but you just, um, meaning we wanted to go on, but then he's like kind of interpreting, he's like almost discussing like the the interpretation of like the inevitability of the destruction. So, like, meaning we yeah. wanted to grow, meaning we wanted to stay. Like, the governor called and he told him to wait, unstrap him from the chair and put him back in his cage. Like, he's just right, like, like every we just need some more time. Yeah, like we just just put him back in a holding in a holding pattern. For a little, don't just don't just kill him right now. Right. Yeah, like the whole. So- oh, yeah. So the song is about like. Uh, oh, I see. So he's he's almost like. So I think I'm gonna zoom out a little bit further, just a touch further, and I think this might be on the nose. So this like is a Green Mile too. Yeah, a little bit, but like it's all it's about. So now that I'm that lyric kind of resonates with me, not resonates, but like uh, it's it's clarifying to me now. It's almost like he's talking about superstardom as like a public, like a sensationalized public, like like the like the public media and public um, and the audiences of of public media, like sit they like they love to watch the destruction of a superstar, right? Like he, love he's see- burning. He's right. coming down, crashing and burning. Crashing down, yeah. Like, and then took out everything around him. Yeah, like they like, to watch we, someone dis- be- destroy themselves. But no one really want. But no one really wants that, right? Just like no, the- like they want to just watch. Everyone wants to watch everyone grow. When it comes down to like a like a personal level and a like a like a interpersonal when, level, but and then when like they a level. But when they unstrap him from his chair and put him back in his cage, the audience ain't the audience ain't phased, and they ain't gonna clap and they ain't gonna praise. They want everything back that they've paid because they've been waiting since 10, 10 to see the lights get dim. They want to see they want to see carnage. They want to see the lights crackle. They want to go boom. They want to see the power down. Oh yeah, let's see the lights get dim of someone getting uh yeah hit in the cage. Right, <laughs> you're right. They want to see someone die and then that goes back the to you know, they thought it was cool. Yeah, this is, and this actually works for 2007 because there was like a lot of that where like you were seeing celebrity meltdowns, like very public celebrity meltdowns, and like obviously the roses are thrown, M&Ms are yellow, like that's a that's a common. Oh, and like also like what happens when you're a star and your lights get dim? 
like when you go a little a little kooky, a little wacky, a little oh, like what Kanye West when oh, your lights man. get dim, when something happens. They, everyone wants to see a, everyone wants to see everything crash and burn. They don't want to see it grow. They won't, they don't want to listen to the positive that you have. If you have if you if you can really be a forest fire, if you could be a barn fire, if you could just like if you're if you're gonna uh dude, everyone it's not it's not healthy. Right. Yeah, so like he's like equating like light. Uh, clearly, he's he's trying to insinuate like the the light bulbs around the around the mirror of like a star or represent like how famous they are or how like how how like how much of the spotlight they have in the public sphere and how like the public doesn't actually care about them, but like that superstar, but they're addicted to it, and so inevitably well, when they're not getting it, they'll become self destructive to get the attention of the of the like very like um you know sadistic crowd or the sadistic audience well it's it's also just like a direct analogy of like you know just being bright like being smart like when your lights get a little dim mm -hmm. like you uh they no one wants to see someone grow they'd rather just see their lights get dim and be like yep they are there they go crashing and burning that dude's just crazy who figured it's a lot easier to write someone off just to than to be like I'd rather see them like turn themselves around. Is this? Let me ask you: Is this the smartest uh, rap song to hit like the mainstream media like radio waves ever? Ever? Um, <laughs> what's smarter? What's got more to say about like in a in a nuanced way? Like, I couldn't say it with a surety, but I also wouldn't put anything <laughs> else up if I had to put my ballot in. Can't like I can't think of anything off top. I just think that he's. I think that this dude. Oh, um, actually, no, 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 no. Um, uh, uh, everything is everything. Who's that? Everything is every. You've heard the song. Uh, oh my god. Oh, Lauren Hill. Yes, yes. Lauren Hill's "Everything Is Everything" might be the mixture of like. Almost kind of like a lot of the stuff that uh, Lupe like alludes to in like in like Superstar, especially where it's like popular and like deep. Lauren Hill, sp she sprinted beyond that day. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna need you to look up. A Bro, can I tell you I've seen Lauren Hill live? Dude, you are you're graced. I'm gonna need you to look up Lauren breakdown. Lauren Hill, everything Eric is Badu. Who's your Who's your gal? Laura, Laura, uh, Laura, Lauren Hill or uh, Eric Badu? That's just still like a that's like a just not a really fair hard question. question. <laughs> it's just not, not fair. Even fair. I would say so. Here's the thing. Um, I don't think um, I don't think Lauren Hill is um appreciated enough like for that. Uh, we, you know that she she might be like in the mix here just because like there is a um uh, granted like a anyone who like knows about her like knows of her it's just like nothing but like the utmost respect. But I feel like she might not be a. Oh, there's no, a, I, think, yeah. I think that's I think that's clean. That's a that's a good that's a good um that's a good take. I, I'd be fair. She also has a song called Superstar, by the way. Um <laughs> Lauren Hill's great, man. Lauren Hill's fantastic. I saw her live. Uh Dave and I saw her in uh, New York City. We we got to we got a pretty good she uh she like kind of shifted into we were supposed to see Nas and we saw her instead, but she she was still good. Yeah, if I had to choose someone to I'd probably, you know? I'd probably go Nas, but like no, if I had to choose someone to fill the spot. Oh, sure, yeah, no, it was. She was fantastic. I mean, she's an unbelievable talent. She really is. But uh, also, yeah, speaking of Nas, uh, Nas, uh, one of the people who said uh, Lupe is like a, uh, you know, 
Well, it was written as like Lupe's biggest um, influence. Maybe we should do that album at some point because that thing is fucking special too. Fantastic. Piece. One of the only other people to do uh, like a not one of the only other people, but one of the only other people to do very well like a uh, like a story. Well, have the have the decency to like respect the art enough to to write to write things out in a in a very very like. Uh, full way like go all the way to the end with the writing instead of you know um, well this will you know there's a lot of good enough you can you can tell you you can tell a lot of like the nas influences and like uh, stuff like gotta eat for sure which we're when he's just like uh i like i i love that where it's just like um like storytelling for the sake of storytelling yeah well let's um I mean, listen, we, we haven't really dove too deep into Superstar but because, you know, I mean, we hit the plot points, but I do want to call an audible. So we're, we're pushing three hours already. We are going to, uh, for the pleasure of the uh, listeners here, um, this, this album is a monster. <laughs> Very clearly, we've just, we just have so much to say about Lupe and about this album. I mean, we're both in love with it, clearly. And <laughs> to be honest with you, it's not even my favorite Lupe album. <laughs> this is, which is so crazy because like there's just this much to say about it, and it's not even. I don't even think it's my second or even third favorite of his albums. Yo, nah, that's crazy. No, you think that's crazy? Yeah, no, I think this is. Uh, I think this might be like one of the. No, no, I don't. Uh, see, dude, it's really hard for me not to say like this is his magnum opus because i feel like i'm definitely early to say something especially like because he's gonna there was i forgot the artist that said it but um some guy showed uh or so lupe fiasco shows some guy like this song and he's like i'm like he's like why don't you drop that and he's like just because like it would like end hip-hop he's like it's just everything like it's like i think i think this man has something uh something up his sleeve and i know that he i was actually like, i'm gonna offer I'll be frank with you. I actually think that his uh, most recent album was the best thing I've ever heard from him. I was shocked. Most recent? Yeah, Drill Music and Zion is like I, I can't I can't believe how good that was. It was it was it's like my new favorite. It's only ten tracks, but like it's not. It doesn't have my favorite. I think we'll we'll talk about Mural one day, but because I think I think uh, Tetsuo and and Youth is is a fucking ma- a modern masterpiece in a Dude, lot of ways. But there's we'll some- have clunkers on it too which kills me because the album had the potential to be like one of the great hip-hop albums ever made especially i i loved house for what it was the ep Kong house or the no EP? house oh the ep, the EP. well if talking, i thought that was excellent if we're talking like if we're gonna include uh you know mixtapes and eps and like we're having a whole different conversation because there's you know i mean fahrenheit 9-11 like i mean or 4-11 what is it no i'm sorry Jeez. not fahrenheit 9-11 that's a that's a documentary fahrenheit to, <laughs> fahrenheit 115 is that what's called yeah something like that but <laughs> i think it's 115 because first and 15 right i think i'm right yeah, there's there's the part one and part two, and they're both fucking unbelievable. Like they're literally two of the best pieces of hip hop music in in the history of the, the genre, easily. Yeah, we thought about talking just about failure before, like just that one song, Slow just it, before the album. And that, like, those maybe mixtapes, those mixtapes are sick. And 
So we, we've made it five tracks into this. Um, we're going to call an audible. We're going to push pause. Uh, we're going to finish this up. We're, we'll do this. Uh, we'll release this part, part one. Um, and then we're going to continue on with the album um, at another point um, shortly. So I know we're going on a long break, but next week we'll, we'll, uh, we'll clean this album up, finish up the last 10 or 11 tracks that are left on it. Um, but we got you guys warmed up um, on it. There's still a lot to be said about it. So from this point, we'll push pause. Errol, you're okay with that. We're going to, you're okay with doing a part two. Maybe you have to do a part three. Yeah, but we'll at least yeah we'll we'll start back we'll uh we'll go into a superstar uh finish that and then we'll you know yeah we got that yeah fine. we'll work through it we'll work through this album I want to give Lupe the uh, time and attention he deserves but uh, we also don't want to put out a seven hour podcast on a hip hop album although if there was a hip hop album that deserved it this is this one this is the one for that so um that being said we'll push pause on the album on the uh, the album breakdown we've got. A chunk more. Um, we'll do a part two on this puppy. And uh, like I said, then we'll give a rating at the very end of it. So um, this one's going to be to be continued on another menu as a homage to Gaddy um, from the album itself. So hang tight with us. Um, we'll be back in a matter of a week or so to finish up the album. Um, enjoy. I hope you guys enjoyed what you listened to so far. This has been the Peripheral Views podcast. This is part one of Lupe Fiasco's The Pool Breakdown. And uh, we'll be circling back to it in a matter of days for part two. So please check back in with us. We'll do part two before we start our break. Thank you guys again for listening. We appreciate any support you can give us. Um, to close this out, let's let's talk about where you can reach us. We're on Twitter at peripheralv123. We're on soundcloud.com forward slash peripheralviews123. Check us out on Apple Podcasts. Um, check us out on Spotify. If you do hit us up on those platforms, please subscribe. It is a huge, huge bonus for us. Um, hit the notification bell and please leave a rating and, re- and review um, for the podcast. It helps us tremendously, um, especially as we're you know starting to move into the deeper development stages of the podcast. We really appreciate any support you guys give us and uh, hope you've enjoyed what we've what we've tackled so far. Errol, any closing notes you want to you want to give us here? And no other than a. Uh... It's <laughs> there's a reason why we gotta like stop it. It's because like it it's just it's too deep. It's too dense. It is. So. There's just too much to unpack. It's so much, but it's okay. There's there, some of the tracks going forward are gonna actually lighten up a little bit on the intensity, um, and then they're and then they're gonna get even deeper. So we're we've got a lot more to discuss on the album and a lot more to uh, unpack. So. We will see you guys on the next round of Peripheral Views. That will be uh, our 11th episode, and it will be part two of the music series um, in this uh, in this installation. Lupe Fiasco is the cool part two coming at you in a matter of time. So hang with us. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy part one, and we'll be back in a matter of time. So Yeah, we'll see you in a little bit. Thanks again. See you on the next round of Peripheral Views Podcast. Bye. If you are what you say you are A superstar Then have no fear The camera's here And the microphones And they wanna know If you are what you say you are A superstar
yeah, uh, a fresh cool young Lou Trying to cash his microphone, check 212 Wanna believe my own hype, but it's too untrue The world brought me to my knees, what if you brung you? Did you improve on the design, did you do something new? Where your name in on the guest list, who brung you? You, the more famous person you come through And the sexy lady next to you, you come too And then the hitman, standing outside of heaven Waiting for God to come and get me I'm too uncouth, unschooled to the rules And too gumshoe, too much of a newcomer And too uncool, like Shadow and Laville I battle with it well, though I need a holiday Like lady who sung blue Go back, whatever you did, you undo Heavy as heaven, the devil on me two tons too If you are what you say you are a superstar Then have no fear The camera's here And the microphones And they wanna know Oh, 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 yeah And you better wear your shades The spotlights here can burn holes through the stage Down through the basement Past the Indian graves Where the dinosaurs laid And out through China Nearly Mrs. Airliners Magnified times five That's what's pointing at the rhyme I ricochets off the moon And sets the forest blaze Now that's important to say Cause even with all that Most of us don't want it to fade Duh We want it to braid Meaning we want it to grow Meaning we want it to stay Like the governor called And he told him to wait Unstrap him from the chair And put him back in his cage the audience ain't phased And they ain't gon' clap And they ain't gon' praise They want everything back That they paid Cause they been waiting since 10 To see the lights get dim If you are what you say you are A superstar Then have no fear The crowd is here And the lights are on And they wanna Show first, show first, come and take me away Cause I've been standing in this line for like five whole days Me and security ain't getting along And when I got to the front, they told me all of the tickets were gone So just take me home where the mood is mellow And the roses are thrown and my nims are yellow And the light bulbs around my mirror don't flicker Everybody gets a nice autograph picture One for you and one for your sister Who had to work tonight but is an avid listener Every song's a favorite song and mics don't feedback All the reviewers say you need to go and see that. And everybody claps cause everybody is pleased And then they all take the stage and start performing for me Like ha 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 If you are what you say you are A superstar Then have no fear The camera's here And the microphones And they If you are what you say you are A superstar, superstar. Have no fear The crowd is here And the lights are on And they wanna show Oh, oh, oh Yeah If you are What you say